Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. How you doing, Charles Chuck Thompson? Just love this nighttime. I love it. Mm. Did you have a good day? It's great. It's been a great day. Yeah. How did the uh, baseball game go? Hell, well, it, Parker did well. He did well. You know, he did. His, yeah. Are you yeah. proud of him? He did his best. I know. Had his yeah. first game. First game. I was excited. I went to it too, like as a good friend. Yeah, we had a grand old time. Made it back in time to record this uh, live episode tonight. That's, that's right. So uh, I'm glad. Hey, the uh, the Fed Haters Club. They're also hanging out with us right now. So if you want to go to joingml.com and hang out with us live, then you can do that every day of the week when mm-hmm. we want to. And by the way, Charlie, uh, new data. Nine out of ten experts agree that listening to Good Morning Liberty just 40 minutes a day lowers your risk of dying in an authoritarian genocide. Oh, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, so you want to do that. Because we're against death. Yeah, and we trust the experts. Yes. So. (laughs) That's right. You know, that's that's what you got to do. Okay, we're going to get going here. I hate it when that happens. All right, we're going to get going. By the way, you can watch this on YouTube later on uh, when I decide to upload it. And I, that's sometime after I upload yesterday's episode, too. And then this one. It's in the queue. Yeah, there's a right YouTube now. queue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that kind of queue, YouTube. It's okay. <laughs> don't, get, don't get mad at us. It's not that kind of queue. Although we probably won't be able to upload this one. Yeah, actually, we're already killing this one right now, aren't we? Yeah. Hey, COVID-19 mandates are back. Mm. Starting at a private, a private institution, by the way. So I guess that's fine. Except for the fact that it's really dumb. I got an issue with that. But yeah. Atlanta-based Morris Brown College reinstating mask mandates, social distancing, quarantine rules, contact tracing, effective immediately to, despite no COVID-19 cases reported right now. Really? But they're kicking they're, they're kicking up. Mm. Kicking up. I, mean, you, you're I just still, had it. You're still getting over it? I, I just mean, killed COVID myself, mm. and you're doing it just slower than I am, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're doing it, too. Mm-hmm. Here's what they released, Chuck. Mask wearing, number one. All students and employees are required to wear face masks. Staff may remove in their offices while alone. Probably also while talking, mm-hmm. you know, and coughing. You lower your mask yeah. and make sure you talk and cough, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Or if you wear glasses, you don't have to wear a mask. Man, that's the worst. It's the worst thing. You got to choose between having something important over your eyes or something completely pointless over mm-hmm. your mouth. And of course, you got to take off the glasses because you'll you'll die without that mask. Yeah. Number two, physical distancing. Students must maintain physical distancing. How far away? I don't know. Are we not going to call it social distancing anymore? I don't know. Is this new term terminology? Physical distancing. Is there a is there a chaperone going around with a ruler? <laughs> like the old, like the middle school dances. Like the old dances. <laughs> Number three. Did anyone uh, anyone hanging out with us right now have that at your dances, by the way? Because at our school, the one that Charlie and I went to, uh, how many years ago was that? Enough. 25. Enough years ago. 20, 25 years ago, when we would have a dance in middle school, the, the Miss Ulrich, mm. and she was a math teacher, math ironically, teacher, yeah. would go around with her ruler, and she would make sure that you were at least a foot apart. At least 12 inches. Yes. Yeah. And she would put it between you and make sure that there was nothing going on. Yeah. Between there. So. Because you know those 12, 13 and 14 year olds. 
Getting crazy. Number three, large gatherings. Institutional guidelines for gathering sizes must be followed. There will be no parties or large student events on campus for the next two weeks. Uh, two weeks to flatten the <laughs> there we go. non-existent COVID-19 curve. <laughs> Number four, isolation and quarantine. Students must adhere to institutional policies and CDC guidelines for isolation and quarantine. Are there still CDC guidelines on isolation? Uh, I think there are. Yeah. Number five, contact tracing. Compliance with college-initiated contact tracing efforts is expected. Number six, symptom monitoring. Students and employees are obligated to undergo temperature checks upon campus arrival. Can't be too hot to handle. Mm-mm. Number seven, regular hand washing sanitation. Too cool for school. Frequent hand washing is expected from all students and employees in case of a positive COVID nineteen test. Isolate for at least five days and inform your instructor for virtual class arrangements. Still got to go to school. Yeah, we prioritize your safety and seek your cooperation in preventing another pandemic. James said in his campus letter, "This is going to prevent the next pandemic." Mm-hmm. Right now, if we just get all the schools to do this. They're making moves. Do you think, is it going to happen again, Charles? Uh, Probably. You think? Last time we talked about this, I said that I didn't think it was that we were going to have lockdowns before the election. And then I realized that conspiracy theories are fun. And I saw someone post on X.com that... They were doing this so we would do mail-in balloting again mm-hmm. for the election. Mm. And I I have to admit, I had not thought about that. Mm. And that one sounds cool enough for me to get on board with, honestly. <laughs> not that there was any funny business in the last election. I don't want to get thrown in prison or anything for mentioning that something like that. You don't want to violate any statutes no, no. that you're unaware of. <laughs> I don't want to get indicted. They're, they're <laughs> indicting people these days. Uh, but if you were going to do something like that, well, you might want to have mail-in balloting again. Do you think it was beneficial for the Democrats to have? Absolutely, it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, one one issue was that uh, I heard a lot of people mention this, that Republicans were very much against the mail-in ballots. And so they didn't participate as much in that. And honestly, they should use whatever parts of the system they can to try and get as many people to vote as possible. That's speaking as a libertarian who knows that uh, life is going to suck either way. You know, that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Life is fine, Charlie. Yeah. Compared to a lot of people around the world, we're doing just fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I had not considered that conspiracy theory, and I think it's actually a pretty good one. Mm. I don't know what the... Uh, Magoo the- says, look out for the next cop does something to cause riots video dropping mm. soon. But can we have... Have we seen this play before? Potential. Now, I I think race riots are more difficult at a time that we have a Democrat president, because then if nothing has changed over the last four years, like that could get blamed on the people that are in power. You know, Mm. Uh, I guess you could still blame it on a Republican Congress or, or whatever. They'll need to try and pass another police reform bill and it get blocked somehow by Republicans before the next race riots. So they can at least point to something and say, oh, we tried to do something. And uh, Rand Paul voted against it, you know, whoever it is. Yep. So anyway, I guess we'll see. I'll tell you what, I ain't going to comply, man. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Me neither. No but, more. But like, what if you need groceries? You're going to put a mask on to get groceries if they're, if they're forcing you to do it? I'll probably order groceries. I just, I don't want to do this again. Me neither. I don't. 
Let me show you something. This is pretty cool. This is. I uh, mean, here's the thing: private companies can obviously make rules. Sure, they can. Yeah, sure they can. They just go somewhere else. Um, this is from Tom Woods. Saw him post this today because uh, you know people are talking about. Didn't he get banned on YouTube again. for this? Uh, he got. I'm sure he got banned for several different things. I don't know if he's back on there or not. He's got this cool COVID charts quiz. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for everyone. You can go to covidchartsquiz.com. This is not a uh, this is not a, a paid thing from Tom Woods. I just thought it was pretty cool. Uh, I'll skip over to the I skipped over to the masks section of this since we're talking about mask mandates at this school. It's pretty cool, and and you need to be watching this on YouTube, uh, which you can't probably because we're going to get banned. But all we're doing is selecting the area that we think a mask mandate started mm. on this chart. Charlie, what area? Let's just be like a normal person and not someone who looks at all this stuff. November 20th. November 20th. Down there in that little dip. 2020 is where the mask mandate started. Charlie, the true answer is... Oh, it was actually back mm. in July of 2020. Before those big spikes happened, <laughs> they had mask mandates. And so the point of this quiz is they really flattened the curve <laughs> is that they already had mask mandates and these big spikes happened uh, afterwards. Let's see what the next one is. Spain, COVID-19 cases. OK, well, I'm going to guess May 14th then. Oh, you're going to try and game the system, huh? I got you. Yeah. Now he's being cool. Oh, you were oh, only off by six, six days. days. Look at that. They instituted a mask mandate, and yes, they still had those big, massive waves of... But it would have been so much worse. Mm, It would have been. That's the thing. Think of all the lives that were saved because of this. Italy, COVID-19 cases. I bet they had no masks, Charlie. And they finally, right here, they're at the peak. They're like, you know what? We have to... We got to put the mask on! Uh, You know, they said it like that, probably. Mm -hmm. And, no, of course, it was actually mask mandates and then boom doesn't seem like it mattered all that much i don't know same thing with france i think we get the idea let's just pick this little trough okay well it's a little bit before that and they still get the big spikes and the cases too pretty good quiz if you guys wanted to uh, try this out they do state versus state tests also so like this one says which one had a really good governor well, you're supposed to pick the one that has the lowest deaths per million. They had the best governor, right? Uh, that was Iowa. The other one was Michigan. And so, of course, you go through stuff like that where you look at all that. It's a really good idea. Go mm-hmm. to go to covidchartsquiz.com. I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the next topic. I have good news for the people of Hawaii. That we'll get to here in a second. And of course, they already know the good news. Their lives have gotten immensely better because Joe Biden made it to Hawaii Mm. to see them. And so now everything's fixed because he's there. But some of the most recent numbers I could find was that there's still somewhere around 850 people missing. And there's 114 people confirmed dead. Um, Just statistically, like the 850 people that are missing, it's like it's it's not really going to look it's not looking that great. Mm. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So this is really bad. Just so everyone knows. That's a lot. Even the Maui police chief uh, said last week that rescuers who searched through the aftermath of 9-11 are now involved in the search in Lahaina. 
So they're probably going to find the passport of some kind of MAGA arsonist out there that set the fire, I bet, just laying in the middle of the blaze. Yeah. Same, um, guy that, same guys that attacked Juicy Smoulier. <laughs> probably. Okay. Uh, 85% of the disaster zone has been covered as officials worked with the FBI on assessing uh, those missing. Now they're going to larger buildings. The last 15% could take weeks. Um, we have extreme concerns that... Uh, that the remains of people who died in many cases may be impossible to recover. There are going to be people that are lost forever. Mm. So really sad. They were cremated. Basically. Yes. I I can't imagine going through uh, that kind of thing and your loved one just being gone. You know, so many people are going to be going through that. But luckily, as, as I said, uh, Joe Biden has made it out there to Hawaii to console uh, the victims and, of course, this is a clip that's going around. This will make you feel better, knowing that Biden has kind of gone through the same thing that you have. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home. On a little lake, it's outside of our home, not on a lake, a big pond. And hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat. But all kidding aside. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> Are, is he serious right now? <laughs> yes. Like, I know what you feel like. Let me tell you about my story, yeah. which is worse than yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost lost my Corvette. I know a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know how your kids got cremated last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your entire livelihood was destroyed. And mm-hmm. The whole town's gone. Hundreds yeah. of people. Yeah. In fact, thank you for taking a break from looking for their remains to come watch me speak right now. Yeah. Uh, but as my, you guys know, my... Lake house. My lake house got struck by lightning and almost lost my car and all the classified documents that were in there. <laughs> yeah. So that would have been really bad. But those firefighters, man. Yeah. So relatable. Oh, this is why. That's, by the way, that's the worst thing you can do when someone's going through something is to be like, well, listen to my story. I want to tell you this. Yeah. Let me try to one up you there. Wow. There's also this clip going around, unconfirmed, unconfirmed reports of him falling asleep while they were talking about the victims and stuff. Of course, speculation. We are a community. He doesn't look asleep to me at all. I think he's dead. (laughs) I think he's just thinking deeply about the victims. He's being real somber right now. Very somber stuff. I'm not sure. relies on family, on Ohana. Whether by the yeah. blood yeah. or by friends. He's like, all right, I made it out of that one again. Just them. This is why they were like, okay, we're, I don't think we're going to bring Biden to Hawaii. And <laughs> we don't want to do it. No comment. He's got a very busy schedule. And like, no, no, you got to bring him to Hawaii. And this is why he doesn't want to go anywhere. Because it's, uh, it's really bad. Here's another one. Um, finishing up this little speech. Of course, someone has to figure out what the heck he's doing. What's he talking about? He looks lost. Can I get you a drink of water? Oh, 
Okay, so it's your basic taking someone who should be in a nursing home around outside for the day. If you've ever done that with a family member, <laughs> it's essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah. Then I go watch the birds now. <laughs> <laughs> Making jokes about people's boots and being hot because the ground's really hot. What's the boss's name? How you Like, yeah, that one's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I found one. <laughs> I'm alerting. Catch the boots out here. That's hot ground, man. I don't think he's making a joke about hot ground because of all the fires. I think the pavement's really hot. You know, I'll give him credit on that one. Oh yeah, I think that one got taken out of context. It is Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I've got a question on this why the heck do people care about politicians going to disaster areas mm. i think it's just a thing they do yeah it brings attention to it maybe more people donate yeah but it brings attention to it in a negative way you know in my opinion i don't know it brings some attention to it maybe but doesn't it also doesn't it also soak up like resource look at these guys who aren't looking for the bodies of dead children right now you know, they're mm-hmm. just helping around the guy who's oh, no, I'm not that much against it. I think you want to see like your leader. Yeah, but why? You know, it's show fake. up. It's a, it's I a, know it is. It's a but... PR stunt and everyone agrees it's a PR stunt. People got mad at, mad at Ted Cruz for going to Cancun when there was uh, stuff going on in Texas. I'm like, who cares? What is he going to do? What's he supposed to do? I'm, I don't know. Like, I, you know. I think like, okay, if I was like, let's say make it a smaller scale. Okay. If like, if I was a coach, let's say of a basketball team mm-hmm. and like a tornado came and like five of my basketball players homes got destroyed. Yeah. Like as a leader, I would show up to the kids that I care about because their homes have been destroyed. You would show and, up to actually help. You would show up so people could watch you care. Okay, that's true. But yeah, you would <laughs> show up difference. to help. He's not helping. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. He's showing up so people can take pictures of him caring about what they're going through. It's all about him. <laughs> that is it. true. That is true. I get that part of it. I do. And the problem is that the real problem I have is that people eat it up, I guess. You know that, that they're fake. You... You know that he's there to take pictures. You know that he said no comment about it a few days after it happened and, you know, offered $700 per household uh, for the people in Hawaii. But, like, he gets to absolve himself by taking a taxpayer-funded trip to divert your first responders' resources to take pictures and stuff, and, and now he's cool? I just, I don't get it. I don't get it with I didn't get it when people were mad at Bush for not going to New Orleans with Katrina. You know, that was a really big deal back then. And I'm like, they, they got actual problems to deal with right it's a, now. It's almost like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. Uh, though. They, they are. But what I'm trying to figure out is why are you damned if you don't? Mm. You know, I guess people see it as something that is important. I know, and that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's a problem to me. Why is it important? Other people see it as not important. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's a... I just don't get it. I mean, he definitely made us laugh. So there's... I mean, like... That's that's a positive. That's good. (laughs) I guess we can find joy 
in the situation. In the death of <laughs> a thousand people by blazing flames. What do people in the live group think? Let me see. Uh, we got false sense of comfort. Politicians are fake. Everyone knows it, but still play along. That's our insane clown world. I, I, I agree with that. My issue is like, why do people want, what is it that we want that like this leader to come and walk around and take pictures to make them, to help their poll numbers that makes us feel better. I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't. The idea that like they care enough to come there. They took time out of their busy schedule. But would they do it if it didn't benefit them? Does anybody do anything that doesn't benefit them? (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Do human beings do things that don't benefit them? It's just another... Come on, Ayn Rand. It's just another thing that I think is a symptom of the society's problem, of everyone accepting that they know that this is just a fake photo op to help a political leader, but then they're still all just cool with it. it during an actual disaster where there's actual people that need help. At that time, maybe he was people that need help right now. There's firefighters and military members and stuff, and they're freaking shaking Joe Biden's hand. But maybe he was actually helping look for bodies. We don't know. Like you said, they found one there. That must be why they're all there. They found the survivor, I guess. Barely alive. Like I saw the cadaver dog alert (laughs) on on Joe Biden. (laughs) All right. There's a couple different ways. I believe we can go with this the rest of the show speaking of these leaders that i just have a problem with now i I do want to say this is this is a better representation of what he said there were some of the right-wing pundits out there right-wing influencers who left out the part where he said i almost lost my wife my 67 corvette and my cat and they started it where he just talked about his corvette and his cat Mm. and so i that's why some of the videos are shorter than others and some of the quotes are different. And but, you know, let's just put the whole put the whole quote out there. I like what he says you know? here though. Joe Biden feels the pain of Lahaina talking about his kitchen fire. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. still not really a friendly <laughs> right there. At his lake house, by the way, mm-hmm. which is an additional house mm-hmm. to his primary house. Coming up, we're gonna talk about why Trump has such strong support in the Republican Party. Mania, the insatiable desire for freedom. We have been enslaved for all our lives. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. This is some some old news over the last couple days, but I wanted to talk about what this all means, and I wanted to get Charlie's thoughts on it, and the people in the live group's thoughts on it. We know that Trump has announced he's not going to be participating in the Republican primary debates. Looks like a NASCAR driver with all of his patches. <laughs> Does have a lot of stuff on there. He's 47. got <laughs> MAGA on the collar. President Donald Trump, as if you didn't know who he was. <laughs> the presidential seal. 47 on the sleeve 
surprised it's not Pennzoil right across the chest <laughs> right there. All right, so not participating in the in the primary debates. What's your initial reaction Which is to that? Tomorrow night? Yes. Yes, tomorrow night. Because tonight it is Tuesday night. Yeah, it's tomorrow I night. I actually find it strange because Trump is actually really good at debates, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but I wonder if they're if he's if his team or he is worried about there being too many questions about you know his indictments and all of that versus him being able to get out the message and how they want to actually portray that mm-hmm. and and so they need more time do i now is he going to stay out of all the debates i don't think so because i i mean i feel like that was going to that's going to hurt him if he actually wants to to win the primary again i don't think he has any obstacles to winning the primary right now you don't think no at all no the the polling is a joke right now he's like 40 points ahead of everyone yeah hmm. he's at like 60 percent right now you know it's it's ridiculous uh it's it's actually ridiculous and it's kind of infuriating to me and some people are not going to agree with that who listen to us on the radio and stuff i assume they're not going to but yeah, he's polling at like 60%. But the truth is, like you were saying, he's worried about people would, a- would ask at a debate. Here's the annoying part. He's going to portray it as, I don't need to be on the stage with those people. I'm polling at 60%. I'm not going to go, this is a waste of my time. You know, I think he's doing some kind of thing with Tucker Carlson on Twitter, X, um, on, on that website. Um, he's going to portray it like that. The actual reality is, he knows that the debate would, would hurt him. There's no like positive benefit to him doing a debate because it can't get much more positive for him right now, unless another indictment comes down, that could be the best thing that could happen to him. You yeah. know, um, he seems know, like the more indi- indictments he gets, the further up he moves yeah. in the polls. <laughs> I know that that is actually what happens. Yeah. Hey, all press is good press. I, I guess. And it's, it's creating this idea for people in the Republican party, Republicans that they want to stick it to the man by supporting Trump through the, the idea is they're trying to stop Trump from running for reelection by doing all of these indictments and they want to keep him from being the president. And so they're going to stick it to the man by supporting Trump. Even people who didn't support him last time. I saw Trump's lawyers proposed uh, 2026 for the trial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they not- did and not 2024 for one of them you know yeah they uh so so the idea is that they're going to stick it to them that he's being politically persecuted and so he's got all of these people rallying behind him right now and they're going to show them you know you can't tell us not to support donald trump and so they're going to support the hell out of him and he's going to be their nominee and then he's going to lose to whoever the democrat is and then we're going to have a Democrat again for another four years. You think so? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, I do. I don't know. I feel like Trump can win again with the support that he has among amongst all of what's happened. I think he has more. Uh, I think he has more support in the Republican base, especially after the economy. What's happened with the economy? Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I think he's lost in support with independence, and I think that there'll be more people on the left that that hate him. And as I've said a whole bunch of times, Joe Biden did not get 81 million votes 
Trump got 81 million votes against him because that's how many people hated him. That's what Costco just said in the yep. live group. So that's that's the thing. Are there more or less people who hate Donald Trump this time around? Because the last time we didn't have January 6th and we didn't have all the indictments, which, by the way, he did actually break some laws. Ale- OK, allegedly he's innocent until proven guilty. The documents thing, though. I mean, mm. come on. Yeah. You know, so are there more or less people that hate him now than hate him? Hated them the last time. The answer is more. Doesn't care who's, doesn't matter who's running on the Democrat side. They could put up any Kamala. Okay. <laughs> there is a possibility that could put up someone that was so unlikable that, yeah, Trump she's a would woman. still be. <laughs> yeah. Because she's a woman. Yes. Is that why? <laughs> Among other reasons. Yeah. So I guess it is possible. So you hate women. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so you're saying you're hate, you hate women. Anyway. So you're saying women shouldn't try to be president? I'm not I, saying that at all. I, no. I really think that's silly. So here is a little bit of political genius, though, from Trump. Okay. Because he doesn't want to give any, these people any spotlights in the Wednesday night debates. Which, by the way, I might watch them Wednesday night and maybe we'll go live in the Discord and talk or something like that because um, we, we need to cover them. Um, he doesn't want these people to have a spotlight. So what's he going to do on Thursday, the morning after the debates? What would you normally have? A bunch of debate talk. A bunch of people showing clips of the debates and the big, big fiery moments and all that. And so... Trump, they are still pretty smart. Okay, Um, let me get to Trump turning himself in on Thursday at the Fulton County Jail. So he is, yes, intentionally, absolutely intentionally going to try to torpedo the media for the debate. Because they'll be talking about him turning himself in versus the debates. All about that. They'll all be showing outside the courthouse. Uh, they'll all be show waiting for his cars to show up. They're doing a, supposedly going to be doing a mugshot and all that this time. And so, yeah, Thursday is just going to be wall to wall Trump getting, you know, arrested. He's got to pay two hundred thousand dollar bond, so he's got to pay like twenty grand <laughs> to. Uh, you think he's got that? Not nah, he might have it. <laughs> he's need one more email, and he'll he'll have that for Thursday. And uh, it's pretty genius. But. Not going to lie. How many people does it take to write an article, by the way? That's quite a lot. <laughs> CNN. Many, what do you got there? How many is that? Zachary Cohen, Jason Morris, Caitlin Polance, Holmes LeBrand, Jeremy Herb, Devin Cole, and Kristen Holmes. Seven. Huh. Seven people contributing to this article that Trump plans to turn himself in Thursday and Folsom Prison. <laughs> There's an article associated with this, Charlie, right. from CNN, if you want the Former President Donald Trump plans to turn himself in and be processed, fingerprinted and everything, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. They're going to take a hair sample? <laughs> At the Fulton County Jail on Thursday, following his agreement earlier Monday to a $200,000 bond and other release conditions, like, hey, I'm, the, I'm a former president, so mm-hmm. like, you know. The release conditions outlined in Trump's bond order are more extensive than those laid out in the others approved earlier Monday in the case. Unlike some of his co-defendants, the former president is explicitly barred in the order from using social media to target his 18 co-defendants in the case, 
as well as any witnesses and the 30 unindicted co-conspirators. The defendant shall perform no act to intimidate any person known to him or her to be a co-defendant or witness in this case or to otherwise obstruct the administration of justice. That was by Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee. The above shall include but are not limited to post on social media or repost of posts made by other individuals on social media. So he can't. He's got to put his thumbs away. Can you, yeah. Can't even retweet stuff. Or retruth. Or retruth, yeah. I like how they just said repost. That kind of covers kind of covers everything. Mm-hmm. Sharing all the They also the said place. include but are not limited to, meaning mm-hmm. don't do anything. Do less. It was kind of kind of weird to limit someone's ability to speak about their own case on on social media while they're it's a really weird situation because you're leading up to a trial that's during a primary election. Now I can talk about how I don't think Trump should be the nominee and I don't think he should be running for president and how they're clearly trying to screw him over as much as they possibly can Two Those mm-hmm. can both be true at the same time. You can believe both of those things, but telling him that he can't talk about certain aspects of this case on his own social media leading up to a presidential primary when you're sticking the court case in the middle of the primary, they're kind of all giving him a list of things that he can't talk about. And those things are the reason that he's so popular right now in the first place. I don't know. Kind of seems like they're trying to make it tough on him. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Mm. I, yeah, I do think that, um, is it normal that you can't talk about certain aspects think, of the case? I on think the biggest media? thing here is they don't want him to target you know, the co-defendants or uh, co-conspirators. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it has to be individually, like specifically a person, or if you just say these people making stuff up, they got no idea what they're talking about. I don't really know. You know I guess we'll find out. These people are lying about that. Is that targeting them? Yeah, I guess we'll find out if he's going to be held in contempt of court. All right, let's get to something that's truly crazy. Truly crazy. Trump voters trust him more than they trust friends and family. That doesn't seem that crazy to me, actually. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying, but I can see it. I can see it. From this uh, CBS poll, 2024 Republican nomination, who would you vote for today? The CBS poll, YouGov poll, 62% Trump, 16% DeSantis, 7% Ramaswamy. He's that high? That's interesting. Ramaswamy? Yeah. In these types of polls, he is. There are other ones that he doesn't pull quite as high on. But I think he's my favorite one right now if I had to select from a group of people that I don't really like. Is Chris Christie uh, running again? Fact, other than the fact that Larry Elder is also running right now. Uh, so Is Chris Christie running again? Yeah, he's running. Well, you know, <laughs> not running. Yeah. I know that we've talked about it because I've already made that joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, running. he's out there talking about every four years. This guy does a bid, huh? Bailey said it's the only running he does. <laughs> yeah. So hmm. uh, obviously Trump is easily beating all of these people. And even if you combined all their percentages together and they all rally behind DeSantis, so they still wouldn't beat Trump. And so that's a thing. And when you look at this poll among those who say honesty is very important So all of those GOP primary voters who say honesty is very important, 61% of them 
pick, I mean, pick Trump. Dave Chappelle covered this on the Saturday Night Live monologue. I know. I know. Like, I, this isn't a shock to me. I'm not saying it's not crazy, but it's not a shock. These people will follow this guy anywhere. He is Trump Jesus. But he is the shepherd is it fighting Je- the wolves. So Chappelle called him an honest liar. Mm-hmm. He's I a get, narcissist. Dude. I get it. Yeah, but he's he isn't, I guess, an honest liar, but I still think he's a dishonest liar also. I mean, I don't I think that he tells you so many crazy things that you assume that he just tells you the truth all the time. But I bet you there's way more stuff that he's not telling people. He's just upfront about so many things that you're like, oh, okay, well, this dude, this dude would never lie. Well, he provides know? shock value. Too. Yeah. So like when somebody tells you a truth that's shocking, you kind of forget about other stuff, you know, because they're like, oh, if they, if they're going to admit something shocking like that, they, they can't be hiding anything else. You know? <laughs> I want to listen to this real quick. And I'm watching the news now. They're declaring the end of the Trump era. Now, okay, I can see how in New York you might believe this is the end of his era. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I live in Ohio amongst the poor whites. <laughs> A lot of you don't understand why Trump was so popular, but I, I get it because I hear it every day. He's very loved. And the reason he's loved is because people in Ohio have never seen somebody like him. He's what I call an honest liar. Well, I'm not joking right now. He's an honest liar. That first debate, that first debate, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a white male billionaire screaming at the top of his lungs. This whole system is rigged, he said. <laughs> and across the stage was a white woman, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, sitting over there looking at him like, no, it's not. I said, now, wait a minute, bro. <laughs> it's what he said. <laughs> and the moderator said, well, Mr. Trump, if in fact the system is rigged, as you suggest, what would be your evidence? You remember what he said, bro? He said, I know the system is rigged because I use it. I said, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pulled out an Illuminati membership card and chopped a lot of cocaine <laughs> and it right the podium. So, the honest liar, that's what you think it is. Yeah. That's what's happening. It makes total sense. He's the one that came out and said fake news. Yeah. And like when people distrust the media so much, especially people on the right, there's so much distrust in the media and government. And he's coming out and telling you that they're fake news and they don't report anything that's true. And they're doing all these things. Of course. Yeah. But isn't it just that he's the one who's getting out there ahead of other people? And saying it, you know, he was the first one to do it. And so it makes it look like he's the truth teller. Yes. And so he gets that. But can't people understand that that doesn't actually mean that you're the truth teller at all times? You know, you know, I understand how people can easily fall (laughs) for a narcissistic mask. You know, I get I get it. I get it. You're so enamored by this thing this mm-hmm. you're like you feel like someone for the first time in your life you know it's it's their political soulmate yeah you know so it makes you feel better yes makes you feel safe and i my own family said this like they the reason they like trump is because trump is willing to punch back they wanted someone they 
people on the right have been looking for a populist type of person who is willing to stand up and say, this whole thing's rigged. The media is lying to you. The, there's a big swamp. Which is why they overwhelmingly supported Ron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge swamp, and I'm the guy that's going to take care of it. And they believe him. Yeah. They still believe him. And the witch hunt against him, that he calls it, it oh, just per- further proves the point. It's perfect. Yes. It's so perfect. And the thing the thing I believe is that he's they- like, look, these people don't like that I'm telling the truth, so they're trying to mm-hmm. get rid of me. Yeah. Of course, people are going to dig their heels in more. This is not shocking. Do you know what I one thing I noticed last night is that I've seen a lot of people say they don't want Trump to be the president on the on the left. I haven't seen anyone say that they don't want Trump to be the Republican nominee. Like they haven't said we've got to make sure Trump is so dangerous that we have to make sure that he doesn't even get the Republican nomination. We got to make sure that it's DeSantis or it's Ramaswamy or it's whoever. We can't even give this guy a shot to get up there. And that's because I think they want him to be the nominee because they think that they can actually beat him or they can at least get him in jail beforehand. I don't know. And so the live crew is talking about him being a Democrat. He is. Yeah. The dude is a liberal from New York. Always has been, always will be. He didn't govern any differently except for, I think, cutting regulations the tax cuts that used to be, I mean, look at old JFK speeches and stuff. I mean, the, when you say Democrat, that can mean a lot of different things. It could just, be like a JFK Democrat, you know? Yeah. I'm just saying the guy. So Trump is all about himself. Obviously he donated to the Clintons and other people because what? Because it benefited him. He wanted to get some favors. It benefited him. Of course it benefited him and his real estate businesses in New York. Check this out. Among the people who are going to be voting for Trump, Charlie, when you ask them who in their lives they feel what they're telling you is true. Donald Trump, 71% uh, is what that says, Donald Trump. Then you got friends and family afterwards, and then you have conservative media figures, and then religious leaders. 42%. Number four. On the list. Yeah. Religious leaders aren't even directly behind Trump. They're down at number four. Because Trump is Jesus. I, and that is just the scariest thing to me. It really is. I That one I don't understand. Why you would electively decide to select religious leaders lower than you would Trump. Like, you've got more evidence that Trump? the real... You got more evidence in your life that the religious leaders in your life are lie more often and are the worst people that you can't trust than Donald Trump. Really? It's a cult. That's what's bothering me is that it's a cult. Of course. Yeah. But he is he is their David fighting Goliath. (laughs) You know, he's the one willing to fight off the wolves to protect the sheep. That's how they see him. It's not a shock. Just to clarify. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, and I get that it's cult, very cult-like, but it's not a shock. It's not cult-like, it's cult. It is cult. <laughs> You're it's right. Cult. <laughs> it's cult. It's cult. You know? <laughs> it, did you do a DNA test? It's like saying Trump is Trump-like. Yeah. He's Trump. You did a DNA test and it's 100% yes. a cult? <laughs> the results show that you are in a cult. Just admit it. I want people to say that. I just want them to say it. You know, yeah. 
all this all this crap is is really bothering me. What bothers me is because we we lost all the principles behind the movement. Like I listened to interviews with Vivek Ramaswamy, and he's about the most real, principled, ideological person, other than people like say Larry Elder that are that are also running but just aren't polling uh, high enough for people to talk about, probably because he's black. Uh, but you know, Vivek actually has real ideas, and while I don't agree with all of them. He's actually taught giving like inspirational speeches about the future and like what it means to be an American and like inspirational things that should get you going. And instead of people getting behind that, they care about Trump's revenge. Like, that's it. Do you think, man, but do you know, okay, if you you actually care, Charlie, Vivek said he's going to lay off like tens of thousands of 75%. Trump was president for four years already. Did those agencies get smaller and have less power than they did after he got out? No. Vivek is actually talking about deleting 75% of them. And so if it's really about government overreach, if it's really about weaponization of government, then why are you going with Trump? People look so... This is where we start to get into psychology, you know, when Jung talked about the shadow. People have this this dark need for vengeance, for revenge, and they want to see it happen. Yeah. They want to feel like things are getting even. You know, they want to feel like, okay, we, I mean, the Oliver Anthony song, mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, men being six feet on the ground because all this country does. Put, put them down. Put them down. Mm-hmm. Right. So the people on the right feel put down and put down and put down. And I don't blame them. I mean, we read the news every day. It's it, it's it's Delulu land. <laughs> right. That's the new thing, by the way. I saw it on Instagram the other day. Delulu. What? It's delusional it's slang for delusional. But people there with COVID and all the other stuff that's happening, Bidenomics and inflation is transitory and, and then it wasn't real and now it's corporate greed and all of this stuff that's happening. We read, we read gaslighting every single day coming out of MSNBC and the left and all this stuff. I get that conservatives feel like they're being put down all the time. And rather than actual ideas that would help get us back to a place that would be more beneficial legitimately, they want to see someone fight back. Mm. They have, they have a, they have a knack for spiteful revenge. I get it. Well, I, yeah, I get that part, but it's not even spiteful revenge. It's like, they care about Trump's revenge, like his personally. That's what this election is about. It's not even about fixing the problems in America. Well, what happened when the hijackers took down the towers in September 11th? the towers you know, people died but what happened at what was the response oh yeah we wanted to go get them like 200 million americans wanted to turn the sand to glass yeah they all I got hit the button myself and not <laughs> felt not felt bad about it. everybody got behind mm-hmm. just going after people who attacked us mm-hmm. it's a similar thing it's a very yeah. similar thing yeah yeah as long as you're in a cult i'm not saying it's right all right we, we i'm just go. saying it's understandable <laughs> yeah. i get it I get it, but people, you got to be able to process those emotions and then, and then think logically, okay, is this really the right direction to go? Like, is Trump someone we should actually get behind? 
Well, the answer to that is clearly no. Send us an email to nate at goodmorningliberty.us and let us know if you agree or disagree with what we just said. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another great hour of Liberty at Night with Nate and Chuck on the Free Talk Live network. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it's undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash, Dash Dash.org. Org. Well, welcome back to Liberty at Night with Nate and Chuck. As most of you know, we do a show every single day of the week called Good Morning Liberty. Charlie and I do. We've been doing that show for a few years now. And one thing that we like to do is talk about some of the dumbest stuff that we have seen over the last week. And I would like to right now present to you some of the dumbest things that we saw over the last week. Have fun. Enjoy. Let's get into it. It's from Jeffrey Levin. Yeah, he's like one of those left wing okay. influencers on on Twitter. Um, so he tweets a picture of a T-shirt and says, just who are the real child killers? And the T-shirt says planned parenthood isn't killing children. You're thinking of the NRA. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. So if you're thinking which one of these now I know that in in the Libertarian Party, Libertarians are kind of split on abortion. But let's Pretty just... Pretty much right down the middle. It's let, like 50-50. Let's just pretend like we weren't talking about the legality of abortion, but the actual act itself and whether or not it literally kills a child. Because that's kind of the point. If you don't have the abortion, there's going to be a child. And so you have the abortion, there's no child, therefore the abortion killed the child. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole point of the abortion. 
That's why you get it, because you yeah. don't want the child. That's why you did it. Yeah. So one of the reasonings they put down is like, I can't afford a child. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not mm-hmm. in the right place of life to have a child or like this isn't something this is going to turn into a child and I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. So I need you to get rid of it. And so if you were to compare and ask the question like Jeff asked here, just who are the real child killers? It's not the people that are literally killing children and like that's their business and that's what they do. You know, like you go there and they, and they get paid to kill a child. It's not them. It's an organization that advocates for weak gun rights. Like, well, let's just be honest. The NRA. That's who's killing children. They don't even literally kill children children like Planned Parenthood does. Yeah. I mean, they actually do. The NRA just kind of advocates for semi-decent gun rights sometimes. It's not like the NRA has clinics no. around the nation. No, you don't go to an NRA can... clinic and they shoot your kid. <laughs> but you go to Planned Parenthood. And they literally kill a child. Yeah. <laughs> Chemically. So. <laughs> with forceps. Oh, yeah. Is that dumb? That's pretty dumb. Um, this is interesting. Max Miller from Ohio. This is an elected representative person here talking to Lizzie Marbach or Marbach. I don't know how you say it. Who is Lizzie? Does anyone know who this Lizzie Mar- Marbach person is? Mm-mm. Uh, let's look her up and figure out who she is. I knew I should have looked at this beforehand. So she says, Charlie, actually you read it, Charlie, and tell me what you think about it. Lizzie Marbach said, there's no hope for any of us outside of having faith in Jesus Christ alone. To which Max Miller of Ohio quote, quote X is this and says, this is one of the most bigoted tweets I have ever seen. Delete it, Lizzie. Religious freedom in the United States applies to every religion. You have gone too far. <laughs> this is a Republican congressman. Look at him uh, being all manly. Yeah. Saying, delete it, Lizzie. She can't be her own person. She also can't be a Christian. Mm-mm. Because this is just her being a, a Christian and like going by what the what the Bible kind of says, and there, there could be different readings and whatever, but she's saying that there's no hope outside of having faith in Jesus Christ. That's a, a basic religious perspective for someone who's a Christian. Okay. And apparently having that view makes you a bigot mm. because you see other people have different religions. And if you, we have religious freedom in the United States, which, me, which means you also have to view all of the different religions equally as well. You just happen to have, pick your own personal preference. That's the problem. She didn't list out the others. That's the problem. <laughs> she didn't. And she didn't say that all the other ones are also just as valid as mine, <laughs> right. which would negate the religion yeah. in itself in the first place. Or she should have never posted it, obviously, because he says delete it. Yeah. So... Religious freedom means you can't talk about religion at all. No. Because uh, you might offend someone. That's what that means. It's a great idea. All this right. This guy read the Constitution. Well, it's not even that. He, he doesn't even understand like what it means to be religious. I hate to tell you this, but there are different religions out there, and a lot of those different religions think that the other religions are incorrect. That's why they chose the one that they chose, and that's why they're that religion. You know? It doesn't mean that you have to say... Oh, yeah. Also, 
you are going to have great everlasting eternal life uh, if you practice this religion too and this religion too. I just happen to think Jesus is the son of God, but I mean, mm. it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's not what being religious means most of the time. As far as bigoted tweets go, I mean, one of the most bigoted ones. It's very bigoted towards other religions, I guess. Mm. Okay. Um, let's do a Bidenomics section right quick. Uh, President Biden. The greatest economy in the history of mankind. Everyone knows that. We already know that. Uh, President Biden said, I've kept my commitment that no one making less than $400,000 a year will pay a single penny more in federal taxes. Okay. Is that technically true? Charlie? I mean, depends on how you calculate taxes. Well, if you look at federal taxes themselves. I mean, I guess technically the rate hasn't gone up. He hasn't raised the federal mm. tax rate for people making less than 400000 but we do have another thing that costs people money. Inflation? Inflation. <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. Depends yeah. on how you count taxes. See, that's what they get to do. They get to create the inflation and then claim that they haven't raised any taxes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's why most economists <clears throat> consider inflation a hidden tax. And then he adds on another one. And unlike the last president... In my first two years in office, we cut the federal deficit by $1.7 trillion. When it was the highest it's ever been. (laughs) When we had just had a $2.2 trillion emergency COVID relief act that went through. Mm -hmm. He didn't have the $2.2 trillion emergency COVID relief act. He had a $1.9 trillion one. And then he had the Inflation Reduction Act later after that. But anyway, he cut the deficit. Trump's deficit from the CARES Act that Democrats definitely would not have had. You know, it's Trump that wanted to rescue people during the pandemic. If it would have been Democrats in office, they would have been, they would have said, screw you people, you're going to work, and we're not giving you any money. And they would have balanced the budget. (laughs) This pretending like he's some kind of budget hawk is hilarious. And by the way, this is only the case because they didn't sign the Build Back Better plan that he wanted. If they would have done that, then he wouldn't be bragging about the federal deficit going down. He would have increased it by 200 <laughs> he billion. He would have gone up. <laughs> okay, uh, we're still in Bidenomics right now for number three. You guys like how it says the dumb bleep of the week number on the bottom of the screen right now? I'm so proud of you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Just want you to know. Robert Reich III says in the year since the Inflation Reduction Act passed, I want to go back to some of our episodes during the time that they were passing this and talk about how we knew that when inflation went down because it was at a peak at that time. Anyway, it had already come down before they passed it. The peak was the month before Uh, we talked about how, of course they were going to say it was because of the inflation reduction act, which no one predicted, including like the congressional budget office, anyone who looked at it, none of them predicted that it was going to reduce inflation at all. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I noticed Robert Reich isn't verified anymore. He doesn't want to pay the eight bucks a month. He doesn't have the money for it. (laughs) In the year since the Inflation Reduction Act passed, inflation has dropped from 9% to 3.2%. 170,000 clean energy jobs have been announced. Well, that's great. I bet the people whose jobs are going to be there a year from now are rolling in it right now. Economic growth has accelerated. Consumer from nothing. Uh, consumer spending is solid. Real wages have finally risen for one month. They were down all the other ones. <laughs> Just so you know, uh, I wanted to bring 
some charts and graphs to show you inflation dropped from 9% to 3.2%. And that's because they passed this bill that spent a bunch of money, right? Mm-hmm. Or it could be because of the federal funds rate, which went from nothing to just over 5% in a very quick amount of time, like a year. It went up from nothing to 5%. And when, by the way, when they passed that bill, I'm circling the area right here. This is when the inflation reduction act was passed. And it's also when the Federal Reserve raised their rate all the way up to it's the effective rate right now is 5.12, just so you know. And that was from 0.08, which is essentially zero. Yes. Okay. The other thing. Now, what does the Fed, the federal funds effective rate do? uh, That makes interest rates higher across the board. It makes it harder to borrow money, essentially. And the Fed funds rate is typically banks borrowing from each other and transferring money back and forth. So, so when that's higher, obviously, then the banks have to charge everyone else a higher amount of money uh, in interest, which is why you saw there's not a direct correlation, but there is a semi correlation. That's why you saw all the interest rates for homes going up in the same time frame. We'll look at that. Yeah. March, April, May, June, July. Now what? It's six and a half, seven percent, seven to eight most of the time for a home loan now yeah and that's for like really good credit yeah i happen to know people with per- perfect credit with amazing income this still got i think 7.25 it's rough yeah that's a lot it's, it's a, a lot, lot of interest i can't imagine having bad credit and trying to get something right now actually with the bad mm. credit you get better interest. <laughs> it might do better <laughs> you know we get some subsidies stuff like that <laughs> yeah they're pretty good uh, yeah, but one of the reasons they have to do that, by the way, is because this also causes uh, this causes the interest rate on on bonds to go up. And one of the reasons the interest rates on bonds go up is because the uh, the government needs people to let it borrow some money. And so they'll they'll offer to give you an interest rate on the money that you let them borrow. Well, so that's one place that a bank can put money. Where's another place a bank can put money? Well, they can put money in your house. They can give the money to you and they can make an interest rate on that over time. Well, that ends up being more than what the actual bond rate is because the bonds, like federal bonds, treasury bonds, are very safe. Like about the safest, most guaranteed thing so far. For now. That you can do. Uh, And so when that's sitting at four and a half for a 10-year bond right now, you could do that. Or you could give people a home loan, a mortgage, but you're going to have to make more than you're going to on the bond, on the treasury bond, because that's like guaranteed home more. You know, something could happen, whatever. It's not as guaranteed. So that's why it's like 7% instead. Anyway, that's why inflation went down it's a little riskier. Mm-hmm. So you want to get more bang for your buck. Yes. Okay. He said real wages have finally risen. What he means is this is what real wages actually look like. Now, this is uh, real wages indexed to March of 2020. So essentially, March of 2020 is our equal equilibrium. That's the that's the point right there that we're measuring off of. They spiked up after COVID real wages uh, did. You know, people got money. There was no inflation yet at that time. There was actually some deflation uh, at that time. And then your real wages went down and down and down because of inflation. And then last month, they went up just a little bit. Okay. And so Robert Reich, this professional economist. Professor. Pro- professor at what, like Harvard or something? I don't, I don't know. know. One of those places. Makes that like half a million a <laughs> year a for talking two hours a year. Probably. 
Um, does professional economist who cares about the working man more than freaking Oliver Anthony does, okay, <laughs> wants to make it a point to you that real wages have finally risen. But this is what they actually look like over time. And that's not good. But he doesn't actually care about that. He cares about shilling for the Democratic Party. And that's all he does. Freaking Robert Wright. It's hard to tell, but it did. I mean, it went just, up. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you feel it, though? Man. Finally, you felt that bump right there, I can right afford there, my groceries now. Yes. You know, when I go to the grocery <laughs> store, that's affordable. That's why Oliver is an idiot for writing that song. I know. Well, it, was, it was just too late. He probably been working on it for a while back when the economy was rough. But now that it's so good, you know, he's probably going to release an apology video, I bet, because he's like, oh, Bidenomics, yeah. I forgot. Mm-hmm. You know, we just needed to give it time to work. Nina, Nina Nomics. This is different from <laughs> Bidenomics. It's way dumber. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little help. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past, and honestly, it helped me quite a bit. I've told you guys that. And our co-host, Charlie, still using BetterHelp. He loves it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. All right. Uh, Nina says record profits. All right. Now, this is a she's got a few here. She says record profits are stolen wages. All right. So if you look right now. You got companies that have record profits, like the dollar amount is higher. And that means it's stolen wages. Okay. All of that money should have just gone to the workers. Okay. Not, not the people who, you know, take all that risk and keep this company going. And so I just responded with, this is just a quick one. I responded with, look at this chart. Record taxes are stolen wages. Look at this freaking tax receipts for the government. That's a record tax receipts. Mm-hmm. If I ever saw it, why isn't why isn't that stolen wages? Why is the one when they actually yeah. steal it? <laughs> it's like, it's literally the one where there's, you know, they'll put you in prison, you know, they can kill yeah. you if they come to get you and you, and you refuse to and go on there. Your paycheck. It literally tells you like, Hey, you earned a thousand dollars. And then you'll notice the next line down is federal taxes. They took a yeah. hundred dollars or $150 out. And then you have Medicare and so you know, all this money that they take out of your check. And then you get a net pay mm-hmm. after post theft, post theft. Yeah. That you have no control over. So anyway, that's the, so that's the actual stolen wages, not the ones that she's talking about, but let's move on to some other dumb things. She said, uh, here's a good one. She says, Charlie, all this, <laughs> Nina says it's always quote pay your debts until the topic of reparations comes up because as white people mm-hmm. we have a debt from our ancestors that we signed up for that we yeah. you shouldn't have signed up for it if you weren't going to pay for it Charlie. I know I know that we refuse to pay yeah. that was irresponsible of you mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah pay your debts you know what else is funny is with her it's the exact opposite it's always you don't have to pay your debts that's someone else's job until the topic of reparations comes up. That's the only thing that she thinks you should pay for. You don't actually owe anything 
Except for reparations. And weirdly enough, she would benefit from it. That's, uh, it is odd. She happens to be black. Yeah. That has nothing to do with her thinking that the only thing you're responsible for paying for are reparations. Everything else is someone else's fault. You don't, you shouldn't actually owe. I didn't think of it that way. It's so, so funny. there we go. This is her responding to us, by the way, but she blocked out our name. She did. Yeah. Uh, she says, good morning. Healthcare should be free. Good morning. Liberty says, good morning. Healthcare should be done by the free market. And she says, reminder, healthcare will never have a free market because the demand is driven by an al- the alternative being death. Cancer patients can't just decide to not seek treatment without it being harmful to their life. That's an argument that you could make about food if you wanted to. They make it about housing, shelter. They, they make it about that, too. Or they make it about health care, whatever it is. Um, listen, we will all die if we don't have food. Actually, here's the thing. We actually all die. We do all die. You're right Despite about that. Despite mm-hmm. whatever treatment we get. With every life, there is death. <laughs> we haven't solved that problem yet and probably never will. Uh-uh. Because, uh, you know, just happens to be part of the cycle. The thing about this is, is that if there was a true free market in healthcare, cancer patients would actually probably be able to, to afford their treatment much more effectively mm-hmm. than they would in the current system we have now, which there's only like four phar- pharmaceutical companies left, in large part due to a racket with the mob, with yeah. the government, yeah, the FDA and people like that. But I think way, cancer I- patients <clears throat> should get affordable treatment. And they would, they would be much more affordable if there was a true free market in healthcare because there's an incentive in the free market to actually help people because the more people you can actually help, the more money you can actually make. Mm-hmm. And as Thomas Sowell talks about in basic economics, profit's not a bad thing. It's actually the best thing that can happen. I also happen to know someone who works for a cancer research hospital. Just a random person. A random person. Yeah. No clue. Um, but I, I was told, a, I heard a story and the story was they created this revolutionary new treatment that had a really good effective rate of actually getting rid of your cancer. It takes a lot of time, uh, but it has a really good effectiveness rate. Now it costs the company about $250,000 to administer this treatment to someone. All right. And so that's what they're going to have to charge. At least. At least that, if they're just going to break even on it. Uh, Now, they went to Medicare, and Medicare decided that they were going to pay them $50,000 for it. And, of course, you have to accept Medicare patients. And it had a higher rate in more elderly populations as well. And they shuttered the treatment, and they don't do it. Because they would go out of business eventually. So it doesn't exist. So it so just that doesn't exist. isn't on the shelf. <clears throat> so that treatment is very cheap right now. You don't have to pay anything for it. Because it, it no exist. longer exists. All right. Um, and look, they're saving healthcare. They're, mm-hmm. they're saving people's lives. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, I do want to point out, when, something, when the alternative to something is death, I think that that means it has value, in my opinion. If saving your life is not worth any money, Charlie, what does that say about you? <laughs> what is your life worth? It's got to be worth something. How much would you spend yeah. for your life? 
All right, coming back, we're going to go through some more dumb things on Liberty at Night with Nate and Chuck on the Free Talk Live Network. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Unfortunately, due to government meddling, the company that partnered with Dash to offer Dash Direct is leaving the crypto business. However, they weren't the only provider of discounted gift cards for Dash. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands, including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. You could actually live off your Dash using bitrefill.com. Plus, many of their gift cards come with a discount. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Well, what's up? What's up? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Chuck on the Free Talk Live Network. We've been going through some of these dumb things, which we do a lot, pretty often, on our podcast, Good Morning Liberty. By the way, 9 out of 10 experts agree that just 45 minutes of Good Morning Liberty per day will greatly lower your chances of dying in an authoritarian genocide. So you want to keep that in mind and go to BernieLies.com. We talk a lot about taxation because we believe that taxation is theft. Do you agree or disagree? Send us an email. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Okay, this is real fast. Uh, Mehdi Hassan. Remember him? MSNBC. Yes. Crazy. This person posted about how the Inflation Reduction Act is bringing IRS customer service hold times down to four minutes. Hmm. Okay. Used to be at 29 minutes. Now it's down to four. They hired 4,000 customer service representatives at the IRS. And many Hassan says, imagine if ordinary Americans actually knew this. This is information that Joe Biden needs to be getting out there. <laughs> that when you are trying to contact the mob to figure out how much money you owe them so you don't go to prison, that they have used your money to hire 4,000 new mobsters to bring your wait time from 29 minutes to find out how much theft you owe down the four minutes so now you know exactly how much money they have stolen from you so they don't put you in prison or kill you. In a less amount of time. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Joe <laughs> Biden. All right. That's, there's nothing to say. The Debt Collective tweets a picture of Forbes billionaires list and they say, this is our money. They are thieves. Mm-hmm. So, of course, look, they show their wealth and it's increased from 2020. Now, that's weird. What month do you think it is in 2020? March. <laughs> Definitely March. From March of 2020, <laughs> when the when the stock market took a big old dip. Yeah. March 18th, dip. the bottom of the ba. stock market. A dip. Ba. Yeah. So Jeff Bezos, number one. Is he mm. number one? I, th- I think this is might be a little uh, older. It could be a little old. Yeah. No, he's not. There's no way he's number one right now. Unless they're showing. No, no, he's not above Elon Musk. I think Bernard Arnault. He's took, number one. Yeah, took the mm-hmm. top spot. Anyway, you got Jeff, Elon, Bernard. You're telling me that these Bill. people complaining about theft can't even get the most updated list of theft. They can't. They're so lazy. Yeah. Plus, he only has Tesla and SpaceX there. We obviously know he owns, owns yeah. X now. I know. 
Well, there's an X on there. Maybe that covers it these days. I don't know. Anyway, <clears throat> of course, the billionaires, uh, it's your money. And uh, these people stole it. How did they get that money, though? Yeah, it's not like a bunch of girls buy Louis Vuitton purses or anything from mm. Bernard. That's not that. Yeah, they don't even like those purses. People don't even like computers that use Microsoft Mm-mm. at all. I bet hardly anyone buys Tesla electric cars, you know? Yeah. And it's not like SpaceX carries 80% of mass to orbit for the world or anything like that. And it's kind of weird. I've never used Amazon. Have you used Amazon to buy anything before? <laughs> no. Okay. Not even during the pandemic. But that's all of our money. And then on top of that, we know that all of that, almost all of it, is from stocks. It's not from profits that have been taken from the workers or from the people. It's literally, it's not even our money. It's like your parents' money because they invested their money in a 401k or retirement account. And that goes into the stock market. And then they make a return on it. And these people just happen to be owners, a large part of some of those companies that do well. That's how they get almost all of the money that's listed next to them is people freely give it to them over to their company so they can make more money in return. It's literally stock valuation. And we're supposed to demonize them for that. This is your brain on socialism. Freaking idiots. This came from the live group. Thanks for posting this tax havens could cost countries 4.7 trillion dollars over the next decade advocacy (laughs) group warns could cost them the uk continues to lead the so-called axis of tax avoidance (laughs) you see in our day we had the axis of evil you Mm -hmm. know that's why we had the bomb models all those countries uh but this is the axis of tax avoidance which drains an estimated $151 billion from global coffers through corporate profit shifting, a new report found. So when you want to keep more of your own money, mm-hmm. you are stealing from the coffers of the government who owns that money. It, it costs it, the people who were going to steal it, but you kept them from stealing it. Other people wanted to forcefully take your money and use it for random things. But you found a way to not let them do that, which cost those people money. Yeah. And now they have to hire more people to go find it. <laughs> we should. Yeah, yeah, we should hire more people. Yeah. It's efficient. Uh, remember the Rachel Mad mm-hmm. Cow video that we played earlier in the week where she's talking to Hillary Clinton? Uh, let's play that one right quick. That um, the system of democracy at its heart is the idea that the people get to decide how we are governed. And if we... If we no longer believe that our will is effectuated through the system, if bad actors tell us falsely that every election is stolen and that the only way an election is uh, trustworthy is if they come out on top of it, um, then something it tells you something not just about that person or that moment. It maybe wounds us as a democracy and in a way that is hard to repair. Mm. What do you think about how we get better um, after the wounds that have been inflicted on us through this process? Well, I think the wounds that she's talking about are when people uh, lose an election and then say that the election was stolen from them afterwards, which creates a distrust in the system. Mm -hmm. And so Rachel Maddow super concerned about accepting the results of elections. It's talking to Hillary Clinton, who's also been a strong advocate of 
accepting results from elections. Yeah. We'll still show um, up to do a concession speech. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she didn't even concede. Like she didn't she do her shoes in a room. Do you think she was crying or that she had tried to murder her assistants that night and they were having to restrain her? Both. Yeah. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. I think it was the, probably I Remember, the we were part. too afraid to break a glass ceiling, you know? Mm. We That's true. You got glass all over you. We weren't ready for a female president. Okay, the next one. Jeremy Kaufman posted this one. You missed one. the best part where Hillary Clinton says we have to tell the truth. We- <laughs> What did she, she say? What do you remember from that? That. That basically. she said we had to tell the truth. Yeah. The truth matters. The truth matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To Hillary Clinton. To her. Yes. She's all about the truth. I think this could be gaslighting. I'm not really sure. She's a truth teller. Uh, meet M. Kaleo Manuel, the official who refused to release water in Maui, contributing to up to 106 deaths, a lot more. A Hawaiian studies major, Kaleo uh, prefers a traditional, holistic, one-water approach where water is revered, not used. And water requires true conversations about equity. This is a Zoom meeting of him uh, talking about water. Uh, let me find that video. Now, this is before the fire. The commission is responsible not per, per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not dif- any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, and Native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god in a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was, was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being, right? And living in an island and isolated from other, you know, civilizations. Um, and so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something w- that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, and you know, if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really, my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. What do you say? <clears throat> I'm not real sure. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about during this, we'll get into the story about what happened. That's just like a uh, bunch of words. Yeah, it's a lot of words. Yeah. And the reciprocity, mm-hmm. equity. He made sure to use all these big buzzwords. I yeah. don't think he knows what half of them mean. Take like a holistic approach yeah. to how you're going to manage water. He talks about all these, uh, you know, Native Hawaiians looking to use these, uh, you know, Hawaiian words to talk about how they look at what. There's a weird thing where if it were like a Christian talking about how, like, oh, you know, in God and like a uh, first. Uh, in Genesis, it says, like, water is life and stuff, and uh, we should do... They'd be like, oh, these Christian nationalists, uh, you know, managing the water supply out there in Utah have uh, caused the deaths of a bunch of people. But when... Because they turned it into wine. If it were, like, Native Americans or Native Hawaiians or something, they're like, oh, look at how they look at water from the earth and, like, the gods and the, you know, the way that you mm. should appreciate that. There's just this weird appreciation for anything that's not like a dominant 
thing. You know what I mean? Anything like, that's not Christian. Anything Christian is yeah, associated with far right extremism. That's true. that's true. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's one thing. The other thing is now we don't know if this actually contributed to a lot of deaths or how much it hurt. But uh, there was a letter sent the day after describing the events and communication problems that resulted in a delay in diverting streams to fill reservoirs made available to firefighters. Uh, CWRM uh, operates within the state of Hawaii's Department of Land and Natural Resources. Uh, This document calls calls on Manuel to suspend all standard procedures and regulations in case of similar emergencies so that help can be provided immediately. This is West Maui Land Company manages three of West Maui's water providers. As the fire was ravaging the island, the company said firefighters used what water they had in the reservoirs and tanks, so they asked CWRM to divert water from streams to enable them to store as much water as possible for fire control. But instead of approving the request, the commission, according to the letter sent by the company, asked them if the fire department requested permission to dip into the reservoirs and told them to inquire with a local farmer first to check how a diversion of the water supply would affect him. Uh, They said the communications were spotty, they couldn't get a hold of the farmer, uh, and then essentially I read a timeline of it. It was 9 a.m. when they asked for water to be diverted to fill the reservoir so they could keep fighting the fire. And uh, it was 6 p.m. before they actually approved the request. They spent the day trying to get a hold of the farmer, Uh, By the time the request was approved, the actual siphoning system to pull the water had already been burned up. And so they couldn't transfer the water anymore after that. Climate change. Climate change. That's what I just, yeah, that's what I said. You could sum all of that up. You could sum all of that up with two words. (laughs) Climate change. Because you said a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. That just could be easily summarized. So, but, but we need to have true conversations around water equity, you know? yeah. And so the question is, climate change stole all the water. Was this water equally distributed? And I think it was. And they used up their water. Okay, they should have done better, I guess. It's equal. Yeah, you know, equality, man. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, sometimes we're faced with a crossroads in life, and we don't really know which path to take. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs a little help. Whatever it is, therapy can help you map out your future and trust yourself to find the way forward. I've done therapy in the past, and honestly, it helped me quite a bit. I've told you guys that. And our co-host, Charlie, still using BetterHelp. He loves it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GML. And then we just talked about this. So a couple oldies but goodies here from the week. Remember that thing, Taking Apart the Richmond, North of Richmond Mm -hmm. song? Which I told you I listened to that song this morning. What'd you think? Yeah, I like the first part of it. It's pretty good. Like the first. I don't really like this song. I think the chorus is good. A lot of the words. It's not even that I don't like the style. It's actually that I I don't agree with a lot of the premise of the song. Hmm. So. I don't know. I guess. Uh, I like the whole dollar inch part. Yeah. It says the chorus is no in. The chorus yeah. is good. I Cause, agree. Because the rich men. Mm-hmm. North of Richmond. 
I gotcha. And that's actually where the anger should be directed at. Like people are actually stealing your money. Mm -hmm. There's just a thing where he said, talks about protecting minors, which of course you can make a joke about minors, you know, like on on an Island Mm -hmm. somewhere, but um, we don't need the politicians to even protect minors, which is what he's asking for uh, in the song. We need them to not forcefully shut down the mines. You know, that's one thing like to force us away from those things. Um, and to stop the regulations, but to allow yeah. competition, which w- raises wages. But eventually jobs go away. And there's a lot of people, for instance, that want to block uh, like self-driving truck technology because that's going to harm trucking jobs. 10 million trucking jobs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A lot of people who made horse carriages went out of business. You know, a lot of people who went around lighting lamps. In the streets, without a business, you know, scooping up poo. So yeah, the pooper scoopers were way down, and so those things happen. And he he strikes me as the kind of guy. There's still a few people trying to keep that business going. Though. Yeah, yeah. He's you tr- see him in Nashville and everything, trying to get people to ride their horse, their horse and buggies. He just strikes me as the kind of guy who has a more protectionist approach and would not be in favor of, uh, say progress on like actual technological uh, competitive progress well he sees the he sees how the government is helping the other people and would rather the government help the working class said, have you ever tried the rhyme we need a unilateral removal of politicians meddling with the mining industry (laughs) (laughs) no and i get it it doesn't fit as well into a song yeah and politicians looking out for miners could mean stop screwing with the miners. You know, that's kind of looking out for them, I guess. Stop shutting them down. This one, you could say, like, leave them alone mm-hmm. or something. The, like, protecting them or looking out for them kind of sounds like you want to make sure they don't lose their jobs, even if there's something that's better than what they have. And I could be totally wrong. But I'm probably not. I mean, I think the, the fact that he called out the Richmond north of Richmond... Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. is what he's talking about. Um, I think that's the most important part. That's actually funneling the target in the right direction. It, it should be targeted at Washington, D.C. because we should be doing what Javier is doing in Argentina. That dude's good. Yeah. And, and letting them know that, I mean, in the video you sent me this morning, he talked about how we could separate North and South Argentina. Mm-hmm. And let the politicians take the north side and all the producers will take the south and that they'll they'll crumble quickly in the north because they don't they don't produce anything. They just take. Right. And that's what people in D.C. do. They don't produce anything. They just take. That's all they do. And they're they're just suckling at your production teat. (laughs) All right. And I say we remove the teat. No, there's like he has uh, this Javier uh, Mille. Mille, yeah. Um, he has a very heavy Ayn Rand, even Ron Paul. He definitely has that going on. And I, I realized last night that the libertarianism and the growth of it and the new libertarian leader or whatever doesn't necessarily have to come from America. You know, that's he's saying Liberty worldwide, worldwide. This guy, the, the couple clips I've seen from that dude. He's saying better things than almost any of the libertarian leaders or people I see in America. 
Like, I can't understand what he's saying, and that sucks. I will almost think that we should create, like, a Javier translation channel where, like, we just, we repeat the things that he's saying, you know? That's, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just translate it into translate English. Translate it. Yeah. And you just listen to us. If mm-hmm. you want to hear, you don't got to read that stuff. Yeah. Because uh, what if the government didn't teach you to read? It's a thing. Could be from Baltimore, yeah. for all we know. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't have to come from America. It can come from Argentina. They learn from a lot of people who came from America, sure. But they might learn better than the people in America. I don't know. Because they need it more. It's real. And the, yeah, they're, they're hurting. And so they're more willing to stick their neck out because what do they have to lose? Right? Yeah. At this point, what is there to lose? Yeah. You know, most Argentinians are pretty poor. So what, what is there to lose besides speak the truth? Truth um, to power. I did say yesterday in the podcast it'd be devastating for Argentina. Um, yes, if they are, I, I will preface, I said that with no knowledge of the current state of Argentina, okay, just off the top of my head, because I worry about what would happen in the U.S. if we went from what we have right now directly to, uh, I don't know, Ron Paul immediately. Actually, someone more, maybe someone more harsh than Ron Paul would even be. If Argentina is already in state of crisis, then I guess it's a good time to do it, you know? Might as well mm-hmm. make hay while the sun's haying. Uh, but yeah, I, I do worry about the transition period, and I worry about whether or not the CIA would even let that happen. Honestly, doesn't mean you shouldn't try it. I hope that so you're it, saying he's going to be a martyr. I hope that it means the people are actually ready for it, like truly ready for it, and that they're not just mad at some people. And this guy's pointing out some people that they're mad at, but they don't actually have that uh, baseline principled libertarian view because if things don't go perfectly immediately the people will flip on them immediately because they're not actually basing it on principle they're basing it on the fact that they're mad at someone you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so if someone else gets them to be more mad at something else or say that he's screwed up and they don't have a basis of libertarian philosophy or whatever they won't it won't last i hope it has a strong foundation If that's what happens. And what's dumb about this, dumb bleep number 10. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, is the fact that they're saying that this, of course, is a right wing, um, you know, wet dream song. <laughs> every, it's every right wing wet dreams. It's every right wing wet dream is made of. It was this yeah. line right here that we really took issue with. I think it was yesterday when we were talking about this. Um, they know that vague displeasure with the rich. Uh, disconnected from any discussion of where power lies and who benefits from its distribution doesn't produce change. It just produces disgruntlement. What they're pointing out is that you can be mad at rich people north of Richmond in the government, but you're not mad at the right rich people. You're not mad at where the actual power lies, which is not with the people who... Which we saw in Don't Believe Number 6, the billionaire thieves. Yes. Those people is, are who you should be mad at. The people who freely take your money voluntarily and give you value in exchange for it, or you don't have to give it to them. And they'll take your money and give you returns on your money, so you have more money afterwards. That's where the true power lies. Where power does not lie are the people who can kill you if you don't do what they tell you to do. It's not those people. Can't be. And hopefully you can sense the sarcasm in our voices. 
So what do you what do you listeners think about this Richmond north of Richmond? Is it hitting home for you? Is uh, my critique completely off base? Probably. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like that style of music. That's another one. Another thing you need to let us know about. Just send me an email. Send me some hate mail, whatever you want to do. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. That's .us, not .com. So coming up, you know, we were just talking about how uh, corporations have some power, the government has some power. Which one actually has more power over you? Is it the government or the corporation? We happen to believe it's the government because the government has the monopoly over the use of force, the use of violence to enforce the things that they want. Now, sometimes the corporations will use the government to control people. That's not okay. Doesn't make the corporation still good. Uh, but of course, they're using the government's power to do those things. So coming up, we're going to talk about, yes, the situation in Hawaii one more time, but we're going to take a deep dive into what happened uh, it's speculated that it was sparks from power lines from Hawaii Electric that actually caused this fire. And I did a little bit of digging. It turns out some people have been warning that this was a possibility. In fact, they had fires in 2018 on Maui, and people were warning that this was a possibility. Who was it that was warning this was a possibility? It was Hawaii Electric. It turns out that they're essentially a government-enforced state monopoly over power. And with that comes some hand-tying and some strings attached. And they weren't able to do what they needed to do. Let's talk about it. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to another great hour of... Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live Network. My name is Nate Thurston. Our co-host is Charlie Thompson. We're coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee. I wanted to dig into the thing in Hawaii. I know that this is a, an old story now. That's uh, this is not exactly top of the headline. I did see the death toll was up to like 116. So is that the most recent? I actually forgot to look. I saw it over the weekend. Okay. Whatever the news said over the weekend, somehow I had golf on on Saturday, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the news came on after that and they said something about it. That's all I that's all I know. That's all you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so somewhere over 100 right now the official death toll and and that's bad. We uh It's not good. We don't agree with that. And of course, uh, what we're getting from everyone is that this is because of climate change and that uh, I keep seeing that Joe Biden needs to declare a climate emergency because if anyone can affect the world's climate it's it's Joe Biden probably. And so I don't know what they're going to do in this climate emergency, except for spend a bunch of money towards things that aren't actually going to solve whatever the problem is. But I also wanted to look at something else that people have been pointing out, and it has a lot to do with this Hawaiian electric company. So I wanted to dive into what actually caused the wildfire. What would a free market had done in this scenario? What would libertarianism done in this scenario? Or just not a state controlled monopoly power company, which is what they have in Hawaii. Fascism. It's a basically a fascist power company. Mm-hmm. It's a private, privately owned company to actually trade uh, on the stock exchange down a bunch. So, I was going to say, did you short them? <laughs> I didn't short them. I was looking at a buy area. I haven't looked back to see where they're at right now, but I was looking at a, at a spot and I felt kind of gross about it. You know, you ever feel feel bad about thinking about stuff like that? 
What you should feel gross about are the people who shorted it right before it happened. Those are the people we need to look into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We need to get that report ASAP. Okay, so I wanted to look into what happened with this power company, and it's it ended up being much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. You're just asking questions here. Yeah, I just want to know. You don't know what happened. And I'm not claiming to have all of the information either. All right, this is like five hours worth of digging into things, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is more than almost everyone spouting off on Twitter about it has looked into anything. X. Sorry, I know you're like, what's Twitter? Yeah, that's what X. I immediately was like, what? Website. What does that mean? Saw that. Saw that. Look, before we talked about the Hawaiian Electric thing, I wanted to mention more climate change. Of course, is that there was a hurricane, now tropical storm, that's hitting California right now. So it's going to rain a lot, and it's and it's windy. Okay, not quite hurricane type winds, but named Hillary. It is named Hillary, which is. Which has been fun. According to what mm-hmm. I've seen, the ocean waters are warmer than we've ever recorded them. I'm, that's what I read also. Yeah. Yeah. On record. The, in fact, this is California's first tropical storm in 80 years, which, as you know, back then we were dealing with a lot of climate change, too. A lot more cars which on the road 80 years ago always, than there are now. People and then people will say like, oh, this is a once in a century storm. Climate emergency must be declared. I'm like, you just told me that this has happened like a million times. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know that you weren't alive for all of them. You just said that this has happened like a million times or so. I did see they had an earthquake, too. They had a five point (laughs) five earthquake when it rains, it pours. Uh, you, you know, know, God, God is taking care of California. <laughs> we don't need to worry about voting. Okay? <laughs> you give it to God. Exactly. Okay, and he's going to solve the problem. Up next, locusts <laughs> coming out of nowhere. I did want to point out, we already pointed out in the live group beforehand, but hats off to the Babylon Bee, not literally because my hair is gross right now, but hats off to the Babylon Bee for having one of the better headlines they've had in a bit. They say Hillary makes landfall, destroying over 30,000 emails. And that really got me going last night. so good. Good job on them. (laughs) So let's get into the Hawaiian electric thing. People's, you know, firstborn starts, if they just start dying Mm -hmm. or something, you might want to move out of California. I I think that these are the left behind people that are still in California (laughs) right now. So they're, except for some of the people in live group that are still in in California. We hope everything goes okay for you. They're making their way out, I think. Time to get out of there ASAP. All right, so a couple news headlines, and then I want to turn back the clocks a little bit. But Hawaii's top power utility is being accused of years of mismanagement before these deadly wildfires. So this is a recent headline. There are now lawsuits and all sorts of stuff against Hawaii Electric. And so they're being accused of a classic mismanagementism mm. right now. Their top power utility. By top power utility, they mean the state-granted monopoly power utility that services 95% of people who live in Hawaii. It's pretty much the only it's one. It's like Hawaii's power utility. Mm. So here's one headline. Here's another from the uh, New York Times. We'll get into these a little bit later. Hawaiian Electric was warned of its system's fragility before the wildfire. And white fragility, probably, too. That, too. That yeah. goes without saying, mm-hmm. of course. But they were warned. And so what do we have here? We've got uh, capitalism run amok. They didn't care to Look do anything about it. That's that bad. insane. Mm-hmm. It looks like a tornado. 
a tornado fire went through there. It's like Galder nuclear bomb went off in there. Mm. Lord. Man. But I want to back up just a little bit. So here is an article. They probably just needed better people in management. That that's one of the things what that it always they do comes need. down to. Mm-hmm. Biden's climate agenda is stalled in Congress. And Hawaii, one key part is going ahead. So they're talking about build back better and the climate agenda and all that. And there was a part of Build Back Better where they wanted to change up the incentive processes for all of the electric companies in the U.S. This did not end up going through, but Hawaii ended up enacting their own version of it. And so in this article, they talk about what that, what that is. Okay, we'll set up the story from NPR. Uh, Charlie, if you want to talk through mm-hmm. some of this one, you want to do that from NPR? Yeah, on the island of Maui, up a dirt road past some very productive mango trees, there's a solar plant with a view of the Pacific. I like the imagery that we Mm. have. You guys feel like you're there right now? Under the solar panels, Hawaii Public Utility Commissioner Jennifer Potter is sitting on the shady hill. It's several degrees cooler out of the sun. I think 15 degrees or so, Potter says. Good night. (laughs) <laughs> this has been NPR. <laughs> a solar company built this plant, not the monopoly electric utility Potter regulates. And for Potter, that's a good thing for the green transition to work. She says it can be just, it can't just be the monopoly utility making renewable energy. Lots of renewable energy producers will need to be on the grid. The problem she argues is that traditionally the monopoly utility Hawaiian Hawaiian electric hasn't had a clear incentive to hook up renewable energy from projects like this quickly. That's why Potter and her colleagues in Oahu have embarked on an experiment to retool more than a hundred years of regulatory precedent and get Hawaii's power company off fossil fuels. The state has begun implementing a system of incentives and some penalties to speed up the transition to 100% renewable energy. This carrot and stick approach to getting utilities off fossil fuels is reminiscent of a central climate plan that Biden and congressional Democrats pushed for in the Build Back Better bill. Hawaii's comprehensive utility reform could be a transformative tool, and other states are looking at it too. To understand how Hawaii is changing the game, it helps to go back to the 1890s when a bunch of electric companies were competing to power America. In this era, utility companies made the case for getting monopoly status. There was an argument that you could provide electricity more efficiently if only one company did it. That's Uh, normally how things are more efficient. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who argues that? You only need one. The companies. You only need one (laughs) kind of toothpaste. Yeah. Why would you want to? Sounds great. Decide between all these. You only need one kind of deodorant. (laughs) State level regulators would govern how the monopoly utility made profits and the profit formula that won the day was one that incentivizes utilities to build infrastructure quickly. The way it's set up is the more that utilities build, the more money that they can make. Let's get this right. Mm-hmm. Companies, they just they only wanted to be one because then they could be more efficient. <clears throat> and then state-level regulators govern how that monopoly that the state approved of yes. would make their profits and gave them a formula and incentive to do it by building infrastructure quickly. Yes. But today... Amidst pledges to get the electricity sector off fossil fuels, Hawaii's regulators say this old formula is out of place. 
Instead of encouraging utilities to build, 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 Potter says regulators like herself need to incentivize new things like energy efficiency and connecting renewable energy to the grid, often from projects the monopoly utility hasn't built itself. Now imagine if electric companies just had an incentive to provide the best quality electric service possible Mm. at the cheapest price possible price. And that was their only incentive. Do you think they would bring in renewables and all this stuff that people actually want? Yeah, they probably would. They probably would. They probably allow people to hook up to their grid and even supply them with with power that they could they could buy back from them if they wanted to. But the unfortunately better. So uh, build back better, buy back better. Unfortunately, in this case, the company also owns the power plants and they want to be the only people that are producing and and selling this power because they are a state granted monopoly. Mm -hmm. So on June 1st, Hawaii officially kicked off new reforms called performance based regulation. In 2018, when the regulators decided to do a top-to-bottom overhaul of the regulatory structure, there were worries about the financial impact on the utility, Hawaiian Electric, says James Griffin, who is the chair of Hawaii's Public Utility Commission. The old model doesn't incentivize the utility to keep down costs. I wonder why. Mm -hmm. They're the only one. Why would you need to worry about cost? Uh, That will be a big problem for utilities with climate change. The renewable transition and environmental related changes will cost money, he says. And one of the things that will be needed is to reduce costs so that customers' bills don't get out of control. That's where performance-based regulation comes in. What Hawaii is doing, says Griffin, is setting up a new regulatory framework that incentivizes the utility to both cut costs and achieve climate-friendly goals. For Griffin, a key step was putting the utility on a five-year budget. It's a very powerful incentive for cost savings, and we're seeing it take effect. That's because the utility is given a set amount of money for five years, and if they can drive their costs below that, they actually get to keep part of that as a profit for now. In in a free market, we want... Companies do typically try to drive their costs down. Right. They, they want things that cost the least amount that they can because they're in competition with other people. Yes. There's an issue when you do it <clears throat> that we'll find here in Hawaii or in any other area where you have a, an actual monopoly is a way to drive your costs down is by skimping on things that are very important for the future of your business or for your customers. You skimp on things that Uh, You wouldn't want to do if you were a privately run company because someone else could come in and do it better than you. Or if you were operating in a free market, someone else could come in and do it better than you. But when you have a monopoly, you can skimp on, say, uh, if you're in Venezuela and you're an oil company and you don't want to invest in new refineries or new ships or you don't want to clean and do maintenance on them. You just want to get the oil out there as quick as you possibly can so you can get paid off and then eventually it crumbles. Well, in this case, they're given this uh, this cost-saving strategy where they have to come in on their budget. And what do they do? Well, they want to keep providing power to people, but essentially they don't have to do anything to actually make sure that they're maintaining their status as a great company who's not starting wildfires or doing whatever, providing consistent electricity because they're a monopoly. You know, they don't have to do those normal things. That people have to do in a competitive market. The five-year budget became a target window for the utility to achieve new climate change-related goals. 
Following models from the UK and Alberta, Canada, the regulators gathered community stakeholders together in brainstorming workshops to figure out what those goals would be. <laughs> this is how businesses run. <laughs> too much time on their hands. They agreed on things like bringing more renewables on the grid and pilot projects for electric vehicle infrastructure. They also agreed to reduce customer bills. Because of its reliance on imported oil, Hawaii has the highest average electric rates in the U.S. Now, if the utility reaches the goals, they receive additional incentive payments. And if they don't, they sometimes get penalties. One incentive program revolves around getting solar hooked up to the grid more quickly. While Kelly argues the utility was trying to get renewables online long before these reforms, he says Hawaiian Electric now has a specific profit motive to connect rooftop solar faster. If we can continue to make that interconnection experience a positive thing, then it is potentially up to $3 million upside for us, Kelly says. If the utility fails to meet solar interconnection goals across the islands, it could face up to $900,000 in yearly fines. So that's a $4 million <clears throat> swing, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kelly says so far Hawaiian Electric is meeting the solar hookup targets. He says a year ago, it would take an Oahu customer seven weeks on average to set up their rooftop solar. And now it's taking about half that time. As for the larger goal of increasing the state's renewable energy portfolio, Hawaiian Electric says that if they can continue to bring projects online, they could get as much as a $15 million bonus by 2023. Mm -hmm. That's this year. Not anymore, probably. So to not get this... A, to, to get not this, after this fight. No, no, not... I don't think they're going to get their probably bonus. Probably going to get like a $10 million bonus instead yeah. this year. Uh -huh. uh, to get this bonus, what this means is they have to keep their costs way down and they have to hook up people to solar as fast as they possibly can. And so if your only goal is to hook up people to solar and to keep all of your costs way down, how much time are you going to spend upgrading your grid or anything else to do with your your company whatsoever none probably none because you don't need to because you have a monopoly unless there's an issue yeah and your only incentive right now is to keep your costs down because you're actually going to get fined by the government if you spend more money than they've laid out for you over the next five years mm -hmm. and if, but if you do what they want you to do then you're going to get a big bonus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. capitalism mm -hmm. yep <laughs> that's what this is now i went through some documents uh because Turns out they did some reports. They have wildfires in 2018 in, in Hawaii as well. Uh, the county of Maui did this report on what was causing the wildfires. So they, they went through and they did a whole bunch of studies and they were trying to figure out if they needed to raise their budget for preparing uh, for wildfires probably in the future. Did. Yeah, they probably did. They yeah. actually decided that they did not need to raise their budget. Mm. And interestingly enough, they did not want to do that. Uh, they listed out... Let's see. Wild brush forest fires present a growing threat to Maui County, citizen safety and property. Ireland communities are particularly vulnerable because populations tend to be clustered and dependent on single highways. So you just read through all this stuff about what they said about the potential for future wildfires. Uh, they listed out wildfire causes. Most wildfires are caused by human actions, 75% of which are accidental and therefore preventable. The Hawaii Wildfire Management Association has identified the following as ongoing fire threats to Maui. Uh, prevalence of combustible materials. Those are bad for fires. Uh, poor camping site management. Accidental fires caused by machinery and vehicles. Abandoned sugarcane fields. Poorly maintained and overgrown properties. Grasses and combustible materials along road uh, rights of way. Low hanging failure or shorting 
of above ground power lines. Current fire breaks of only 25 feet on property edges. Intentionally set fires. Uh, so we know that those things. They they looked at uh, what areas burned uh, through here. Most of it was non-native grasslands and shrubland, shrublands. Uh, so they, they listed all that out. Now, what was done about this? Not not much. Not much of anything seems to be the proper answer because it was blamed on power lines and grasslands that were all over the place and not being taken care of is why this place went up like a freaking tinderbox out there. Uh, fires of note, the largest and most notable fires of 2018 were influenced. This, this is a report from 2018. The largest and most notable fires of 2018 were influenced by hurricanes that approached Hawaii in the month of August. Hurricane Hector near Hawaii at the start of the month, drawing moisture towards, towards itself and lowering the relative humidity. Hurricane Lane followed a few weeks later. Both storms brought high winds that helped fires to spread. So in 2018, they determined that hurricanes in the month of August drew moisture out of the air, creating drier conditions and really good conditions for a wildfire. What do we have this time? So hurricane in August, super dry conditions, and the same stuff that they didn't fix last time. Five years later. Five years later. Interesting. Okay. Mm. All right, a little bit further. Okay, so Hawaiian Electric sees this, of course, and they want to spend $190 million uh, of resiliency spending, meaning upgrading their power lines and their infrastructure. Problem is, they they can't because they're a state-regulated monopoly power company. They need permission they from need daddy. Per- because they have a new incentive structure placed over the top of them that says that they have to stay within this fixed amount of money over the next five years or they're going to get fined and penalized every year for spending too much money. And what they are asking permission to do is raise people's rates by just a little bit to recoup the cost of fixing their power lines. Because they identified a lot of problems. So there's another article here from utilitydive.com, one of my most common resources I go to for information. <laughs> every, for the every morning. Yes. Every <laughs> go, morning. Utilitydive.com yeah. for a briefing. <laughs> it's, it's the Nate Thurston morning briefing. Hawaii, Hawaii and other states across the nation have been seeing increasingly frequent and extreme weather events that warrant investing in the state's electric grid, according to Hawaiian Electric. In the last seven years alone, Governor David Ige has issued 15 emergency proclamations related to hurricanes, tropical storms, wildfire, and other weather events. Hawaiian Electric's application to the State Public Utilities Commission asked regulators to approve nearly $190 million over a five-year period that would strengthen transmission lines and critical overhead poles, help with flood monitoring at substations, move certain overhead distribution lines on the Oahu underground, remove trees that could pose a threat to grid infrastructure and prevent wildfires. 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 Uh, talks about how much uh, they operate through their reliable electric grids are a critical driver of economic activity. There's an urgent need to enhance our power systems to guard against extreme weather events that are increasing in both frequency and intensity due to climate change. Uh, Colton Ching, Hawaii Electric Senior Vice President of Planning and Technology, said in a statement, while there is a cost to preparing for more adverse effects of climate change, the cost of inaction is much higher. Mm -hmm. This is back in January of 2022. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
The past experience has been that we have outages anytime there's a stiff wind. The grid is aging, and I believe it's vulnerable just in general. And then you have to factor in the climate change concern and extreme weather concern. Uh, that was from Earth Justice. That being said, different stakeholders have different views about what resilience means and whether it includes utility-centric solutions like power plants and hardened existing grid infrastructure. Uh, so, of course, people didn't know what to make of this. Turns out that request in January 2022, still pending, still sitting at the office mm. uh, right now. Still on someone's desk. Weren't able to do that. All right, coming up, we're going to keep going through what happened in Hawaii between government and this government-run private monopoly. Who's at fault? Was it capitalism or mismanagementism? What's up, y'all? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network. We've been going into what really happened in Hawaii with these wildfires and the government-sanctioned monopoly Hawaii Electric and their ignored request for approval to spend their own money to fix their power lines. I went into the actual proposal that they sent over. I only went through about 70 pages of it. It was like 524 pages long, this proposal. Uh, but they lay out, they have to put in this official proposal for spending this money, upgrading their power lines. Uh, they have to get approval to commit funds in excess of $2.5 million for climate adaptation, transmission, and distribution resilience program. And also to recover costs through the exceptional project recovery mechanism, meaning they are asking permission Where's the number? They are asking permission to raise their prices to recoup the costs. Now, in a free market, Charlie, when a company needs to spend an extra $200 million on something, and that means that the product they're providing you is therefore more expensive, do they need to submit a request with the board and wait 18, 19, 20 months for approval on whether or not they can raise their costs by 30, it estimates the average monthly monthly bill of a typical residential customer will increase by 33 cents or 86 cents on Hawaii Island and 71 cents on Maui. Mm. And they need to get approval to increase the average customer's bill by 71 cents on Maui. As far as I know, mm. I don't think most companies need that kind of permission. No. At least we don't here. I mean, if you, know, if you want to raise the price of the group, that people Do can it. join at joingml.com. You just you just click a few buttons. Just hit it. And I just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't get in trouble or anything. It's so, a, as far it's as we fun. know. Yeah. Yeah. Here's some of the reasons that they wanted to get this money. Wildfire prevention and mitigation. To minimize the probability of the company's facilities becoming the origin or contributing source of ignition for a wildfire. Prevent the company's facilities from contributing to the severity or breadth of wildfires. Identify and implement operational procedures to ensure the companies can respond effectively to a wildfire without compromising customer and employee safety while remaining sensitive to customers' need for reliable electricity. Uh, They've got, let's see, more stuff in here. Oh, they identified wildfire priority areas on the islands. And what's the wildfire priority area for Maui? Lahaina. Mm. First place. Kapalua. Yeah, first first place they mentioned there. I and then there's I've their cost estimates. Stayed in both Lahaina and Kapalua. How about that? How was Lahaina? Um it was all right. Yeah, you didn't like it. 
Um, it was older. I mean, yeah. That's. <laughs> I would yeah. say uh, so. Kapalua is more resorts. Lahaina was cool. I don't know. It looked like it was from the nineties. I would say. So, but it was still, it was still beautiful. It, you're, I mean, you're in Hawaii. Given the information that we just went through, how would you rate this headline, Charlie? Hawaiian Electric was warned of its system's fragility before the wildfire. They warned themselves. <laughs> I hold myself in contempt. No, but they were warned because a couple Congress people in Hawaii were worried about it. Okay. They were worried the, about it themselves. This company was greedy. And they were warned about this and chose not to do anything about it. This is why you put everything in writing. <laughs> you know? Hawaiian Electric is known... I call it CYA. Cover your ass. Yeah. <laughs> writing. We can say that on the radio, so that's fine. Probably. Hawaiian Electric has known for years that extreme weather was becoming a bigger danger, but the company did little to strengthen its equipment and failed to adopt emergency plans used elsewhere, like being prepared to cut off power to prevent fires. Hmm. Now, they address the cutting off power to prevent fires. They do this in California, I believe, in places, and people don't like it. Uh, people are very unhappy about it. And the argument, one of the arguments is that it could be too late by the time you cut off the power. Like, wind blows, throw some sparks out or whatever from the lines, cut off power. Like, okay, well, the fire's already started. And guess what? You just turned off power to the water pumps and people's uh, emergency systems and stuff like that if they don't have generators. So, it's... a uh, not this easy solution that everyone makes it out to be. Costco says they they think they call them brownouts, which sounds <laughs> gross. Before but. the wildfire on Maui erupted, killing more than 100 people, many parts of Hawaiian Electric's operations were showing signs of stress, and state lawmakers, consumer groups, and county officials were saying that the company needed to make big changes. They were saying they needed to make changes, too. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't have the permission slip <laughs> signed. <laughs> no, but let's give the New York Times some credit. They say in 2019, Hawaiian Electric itself started citing the risk of fires. The company said that year it was studying how utilities in California were dealing with similar threats. Two years later, in a report about Hurricane Lane in 2018, that's some of the report from Maui County that we just talked about, government, the Maui County government warned of the potential that above ground power lines that fail short or low hanging can cause fire ignition that could start a wildfire, particularly in windy or stormy conditions. But it wasn't until last year that the company asked state regulators to authorize it to spend $190 million to strengthen power poles and other equipment, a request that is still pending. Attention turned to the company after the emergence of a video recorded showing a power line starting a fire, allegedly. Uh, it hasn't been proven guilty in a court of law yet. So, uh, But energy experts say these calamities and their effects on electric grids should not have been surprising. In many places, utilities have neglected to sufficiently maintain and improve electric grids for decades. And regulators and lawmakers have largely looked the other way. Regulators and lawmakers, by the way, are the people who essentially run the company because these are state-run monopolies, state-granted monopolies. They're private companies, which makes this a fascist electric company. Mm -hmm. That's just by definition. The problem with electric utilities in the United States is they act like the protective monopolies in the face of catastrophic risk. Because they, they are. They, they, they literally are. Yes. The, the problem, you see, you, when we started, you said we just need to find better people to run these companies. If you could find better people. No, we need people, better regulators. Yeah. 
Pretty bad. Regular, regular people. But of course, we got to find better mm-hmm. people. Th- that to way, they can come also. up with the proper incentives. Mm-hmm. You know, to and- <laughs> to avoid death. And Michael Wara, a scholar focused on climate and energy policy at Stanford, uh, thinks Hawaiian Electric could have done a lot more to prevent its equipment from becoming the potential cause of fires. He says, but nature doesn't care that they're a protected monopoly. You need to act like a regular company facing a major risk. Would love for them to. Yeah. You know how they could act like a regular company? Not be state regulated. They could be a regular. That's how they could do it. They could compete (laughs) in a free market. Hawaiian Electric is a unique utility because the state is made up of many islands spread over 1,500 miles. The company, I didn't realize it was that far. Wow. It's a yeah. long way. Mm-hmm. The company operates many electric grids and imports fuel to run power plants. As a result, the state has the highest electricity rates in the country. That makes it much harder for the company and the state to invest in expensive grid upgrades. It doesn't really if they can just charge what the electricity costs. The problem is with it being a state regulated monopoly, you see, they're also beholden to the voters and the people regulating it don't want to be the people who allowed them to raise their rates for the power. And so they probably make them artificially keep their rates low. The the thing is, you know, I've talked about you, you wanted to move to Hawaii at one time. You talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's probably way too insanely expensive out there. And you're like, oh, it's actually not that much. It's not that different. You know, it's not it's not that different. It probably should be way more expensive to live there than what it even is right now. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. On a tiny island. Yeah. Guess what? It's it's more expensive to do everything. You think people in Alaska should be complaining about their shipping costs? You know? Right. No. You live way up there. <laughs> That's your problem. Middle of nowhere's land. Uh, there's always been a push and pull on how to pay for it. State Senator, no one cares about his name, said, referring to plans to improve the electric grid. The utility doesn't want to pay for it unless they can pass on the cost to the ratepayers. The hundred. So once again, you have a company and normally the cost of operating your company, if you want to pass that on to your customers, that's a thing that can happen. Like, oh, our car, we just spent an extra uh, $200 million and we're going to have to raise our rates on whatever it is that we're selling because we need to recoup some costs because the by 70 cents, because the cost of our product just went up because this is a cost associated with our product. <laughs> this is a cost with the product. Of course they want to raise their rates. <laughs> Nate's throwing things down the studio. I just threw the laptop screen cleaner. Is that what that was? I was <laughs> yeah. like, what is that? I thought it was a water bottle at first. It was not. Okay. Um, here we go. The $190 million proposal Hawaiian Electric made to improve its grid. If I blink twice, save me. <laughs> to improve its grid would, among other things, have replaced aging power poles with new ones, including 80 in Maui. Energy experts said many of the company's poles were probably not strong enough to withstand the winds that hit Lahaina. Just need some mighty men to... <laughs> Some of, the pl- <laughs> Some of the company's poles are surrounded by invasive grasses that can become explosive tender in the dry season. Experts have long warned that too little was being done to check the spread of the gro- and growth of the grasses. Those are those non-native grasslands that were in that uh, pie chart that we were looking at earlier. Also, by the way, these people live on a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> it's overall, a t- it's a terrible idea. The whole thing is terrible, right? I mean, literally, the... The Hawaii, the island of Hawaii, just erupted. Yeah. Was that two years ago? 
a year and a half ago for a bit. I think, I think it goes pretty often actually. Yeah. I mean, something going pretty often. These people live in a, in a danger zone, you know, there's, and it's not like, it's like, it's not like a surprise. People know like literally molten rock. It's thousands of degrees. Yeah. Could come out of the ground at any point. Back to this other article. The first one that we show was Hawaii's top power utility is being accused of mismanagementism before the deadly wildfires. And once again, they're talking about how they did not do their due diligence in making sure that their grid was safe and secure. I will once again submit to you, Charlie, that they had a new incentive structure placed over the top of them that said... Hook up all of this new stuff to your grid ASAP and spend the least amount of money possible that you can, and we'll give you guys a bunch of money. And if you spend more Do money... Do it not. <laughs> yes. And we're going to fine you. If you spend more money than we've laid out for you, we will fine you up to almost a million dollars a year if you spend more money than this. But of course, they're being accused of mismanagement before the deadly wildfires. Now, there probably was some... Mis- was there greed... Was there mismanagementism? You know, were they not also wanting to spend the money? Were these people not spending the money because they wanted to get their bonuses at the end of that five-year period that they gave them? Of course. Of course they were. Who wouldn't? This is nothing but a bunch of human beings that have a specific incentive structure laid out in front of them. That's all it is. And then we believe and know that a free market incentive structure is the best incentive structure. Is it perfect? No. But it's the best, not only at the best outcome, it's also the only moral incentive structure because it doesn't require any force. Uh, But it would have also had likely a better outcome, if anything, because these people need to be held accountable. Some of them will. The company, of course, is going to be held. They're going to be fine. They'll file bankruptcy. They'll do whatever. There's lawsuits. The state's going to take them already. Over. There's lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here's from the lawsuit here. First obtained by NBC News alleges that Hawaiian Electric helped set the stage for the monstrous wildfires last week. The plaintiffs accuse the utility company of years of inaction and negligence and argue that it should have had plans in place to shut down power systems before fierce winds blew across Hawaii. Quote, Hawaiian Electric is not just responsible and they weren't just negligent, said Mike, uh, Michael Watts, a lead attorney on the case. They were grossly negligent by making con- conscious decisions to delay grid modernization projects that would have prevented this very tragedy. Here, here. I've got another. Uh, I've got I've got a bombshell that no one's talking about that I'm going to throw out here in a few in a few minutes. But the next article is funny, too, because the Hawaii governor is finally taking some blame on behalf of climate change uh, in this scenario. They, <clears throat> let me let me finish this oh, up yeah. real quick. Quote, their own papers say they knew how to prevent it. And their own papers showed their conscious and deliberate decision to delay the implementation of safety measures that would have prevented this tragedy, the most deadly wildfire in American history, said Watts. They didn't get the funding approved. Now, that what they're saying is that they should have done it anyway. Regardless. But they they literally had a structure placed over the top of them saying that they would get fined by the government because the government was saying they could only spend this amount of money. And that if they spent more than that, 
then they were going to get a million dollars in fines every year for doing this. And so they said, hey, we need approval to spend this much money to upgrade our power lines because mm-hmm. they're going to start the wildfire. Like, literally. That's what they were asking for permission to do. And the first place they mentioned in Maui was Lahaina. So uh, the Hawaii governor agrees with you, Charlie. He agrees that climate change amplified the cost of human error in the Maui. You see, yeah. there, there was a little bit of human error, okay? Mm-hmm. People mess up. But he does agree that climate change made that human error worse than it otherwise would have been. Yeah. It, and, it basically <clears throat> blew oxygen on the fire, is yes. what he's saying. Climate change amplified the failures of officials to act properly on the the Maui wildfires. Hawaiian Democratic Governor Josh Green suggested on Sunday. People couldn't act properly. (laughs) They didn't know what to do. They're (laughs) stuck like this. I wish I could do something, but climate change is controlling my life. I wish I could make a decision, but I can't. Oh, God. Okay. We don't really have to go into that. I I thought that was a funny headline. Now, that... well. Read this where he said he's, he just wants you to be it. clear. You read it. He said, um, so wait, hang on. This, oh, sorry, this is from the host. So just mm-hmm. to be clear, when you're talking about global warming, are you saying climate change amplified the cost of human error? And of course, the governor said, yes, it did. Um, there's always going to be incredible things that people do to save lives from the firefighters, from the citizens. And there are always decisions made that I'm sure aren't perfect in the moment. But when you have but when you have fire that moved more than a mile a minute and what happened, I'm told by some of the survivors uh, that they were at the initial fire. It was put out sometime late in the afternoon in Lahaina. And then the firefighters had to go to three other fires that started because of the conditions. There's no excuses ever to be made, but there are finite resources sometimes in the moment. Mainly people didn't know what to do because of climate change. Yeah, it was confusing, Mm -hmm. confusing times. That we live in. Okay, you were talking about in that lawsuit that they have been delaying any action for years uh, on upgrading things. This is interesting. In 2014, Nextera Energy announced that they were buying Hawaiian Electric Industries for $4.3 billion in 2014, so nine years ago. Uh, Nextera is the one that owns the Florida Power and Light company and they own some other ones around the country Mm. as well so they're big they own a lot of state monopoly power companies and are they owned by warren buffett (laughs) i don't know who they're owned by (laughs) but anyway next is going to buy them uh, among other things benefits in the deal mentioned that uh hawaiian electric wants to leverage the expertise now they're still gonna hawaiian electric still going to exist they're just going to get bought out and technically be owned by by next era energy. Uh, so they were looking to leverage the expertise of next era to modernize its existing grids and to help incorporate their rooftop solar in Hawaii. Next era is going to be bringing a bunch of money along with them, you know, for 4 billion, whatever the number was. Uh, so that would have been cool. They were looking at that in 2014, talking about modernizing their grids. And so I don't know what happened. That ended up getting terminated a couple of years later in 2016. So they spent two years thinking that they were getting bought out by a bigger company who was going to come in and 
fix up everything with their four point something billion dollars after they after they come in. Turns out that the Hawaiian regulators ended up rejecting the bid for Nextera to buy out Hawaiian Electric. Why? Because Nextera wasn't concerned enough with renewable energy. <laughs> Let's see. Nextera Energy ended its $4.3 billion bid to buy Hawaiian Electric. The company said on Monday, citing Hawaiian officials' rejection of the utility tie-up. Per the merger agreement, uh, they'll pay out $95 million for a breakup fee. Uh, Last Friday, Hawaii's Public Utilities Commission issued a decision that said Nextera failed to prove its plans for Hawaii Electric would be good for the state. The regulator highlighted concerns about the risks and benefits to utility customers and Nextera's clean energy commitments. I believe one of their issues was that they wanted to convert some of their oil burning power plants over the natural gas and they weren't going to be concerned enough with all of the clean green energy upgrades that they wanted to do. They were, however, planning on upgrading all of their grid when they came in. Could you imagine paying almost a hundred million dollars just to stop a contract? That's nuts. Just to end yeah. it. Like, <laughs> like, Hey, we promise we're going to buy you, but if in case we don't, we'll give you $95 million. Yeah. So this is a company that was wanting to get bought out nine years ago because they they were like, Oh, we can't, we can't do this anymore with this capital that we have. We need a bigger company to come in and, and take on some of this. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to allow that to happen. The state said, no state says no, no permission. You're not concerned enough about clean, about clean they energy. just can't get these permission slips signed. I know. You know? I know. It's like, you know, when you're in a, an elementary kid and you got to need a hall pass to go to the bathroom, you know, and it has to be signed by a teacher. You, did you ever, did you ever have to do that? Um, I don't think so. There was a few times I was caught out in the hall without my permission slip signed mm, and I got in trouble good. for that. Yeah. Mm. Cause I had one. I tried to flash it <laughs> yeah. like you would a badge. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. A few times it didn't work cause my permission slip wasn't signed. So, so Charlie, the what, moral of the story is get your permission slip signed. What caused the wildfires in Hawaii? Oh, climate change. Climate change. Yeah. That's what I just heard too. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All there of this let me know. <laughs> it's climate change. Yeah. Yeah. If it yeah. weren't for those hurricanes that Hawaii's never had before. Yeah. You know, but the hurricane force wins. <laughs> so. All right. Let's go. That's it. That's, that's yeah. it. Uh, and there, you know, what are we going to do about it? I mean, what's the only solution? There's too many people on the planet, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to kill a bunch of people. (laughs) That's the only thing we can do. Now, I mean, what are we going to do? We'd have to, first off, I want to end the state run monopolies is what I would want to do. But why would you want to do that? Because I would like to introduce some competition in the matter. That doesn't make any sense, Nate. I know. That'd be weird. Uh, I would also, I would, I would like for these people to be held more responsible for this, like in the market, like they normally would be instead of being protected by their monopoly power when making these decisions, the incentive process they put on them in Hawaii incentivize them to not take care of any of their stuff and just connect as many new green, clean energy things to their power grid as they possibly could. That was their incentive process. Spend the least amount amount, uh, least amount of money possible and just go around hooking up rooftop solar for people. You're just talking sense now. I'd much rather just have something to blame. Mismanagementism, 
I think it's a big problem, and I think it's it's, a, it's climate change. But if we, you think if we solved climate change, Hawaii would have no more wildfires? No. Oh, you don't think that? No, I don't think that. No, I think they probably still have wildfires. And in fact, what what happened here was they had a bunch of this grass, you know, like dead grass. Maybe it died because of climate change, or maybe it died because grass dies. I don't. I don't really know. I'm not real sure. Uh, but regardless, we have to accept where we are right now. And we could talk about blaming it on whoever we want to blame it on. They need to get better accept, at accepting where we are right now and adapting to things. Let's say, well, climate change made the grass die faster. Okay, do something to take care of the grass, you know? Either irrigate it and keep it alive, or better yet, get rid of all of it. Kill all of it before it grows up. Then you have to spray, like, dangerous chemicals on the grass or mm. something, you know? That's going to get so, in the ocean. And that's going to get into those e- equitable, equitable streams in Hawaii, and they're not going to mm. want to do that. Yeah. You know, but yeah, get the grass before it grows up like that. Go through there, chop it all down, and keep the grass out of there. Yeah. I think if we got rid of all humans, no one would die. That's actually the best plan I've heard so far. And right. I will implement that on behalf of everyone. I'll make sure <laughs> I'll hit the last button. I promise. All right, folks, that's it for us for the week on Liberty at Night. Thank you so much for hanging out, and thank you to the guys over at Free Talk Live for letting us hang out with you all every Tuesday night. We'll be back next week for another three hours of Liberty greatness. Until then, go to BernieLives.com on your browser. Listen to Good Morning Liberty every day of the week. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.